this is Chase Sexton. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. We're four days away from the very first super motocross race in history, and it's simply, simply an exciting time in the sport, eh? We'll get into some predictions on that, and also talking to a bunch of Canucks tonight about the Canadian Series. Scotty, it's going to be a lot of fun. They recently wrapped up their MXD, uh, their Canadian Series, and they've announced their MXDN team. So we're going to have all the members of the MXDN team on tonight. Dylan Wright. Actually, that's going to be a pre-record, guys, but we're going to stick. If you're on YouTube, we're going to stick on the line. Um, Scotty and I will be on YouTube chatting with you guys while we play that. So that's a pre-record later on. But then Jess Pettis and Ryder McNabb are all going to join tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but this is the Moto, uh, the Moto X Pod Show brought to you by Vital MX, presented by Race Tech and Boyson. And I first want to introduce my co-host over here. I'm, he's a he's a hoser. You know what that is? Yeah. You know what a hoser is? Am I? Is that, is that what I am? Galdi probably tells. I'm trying to throw in all these little Canadian yeah, terms. I, I didn't yeah. notice. So yeah, far. you didn't notice. Yeah, you didn't notice, eh? Hey, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking Sitting about? Sitting across from me, Scotty Thompson, working the cameras. What's up, man? Uh, not much, man. I just I did a crash course on uh, Canadian motocross today. I did uh, watched all the highlights from the whole season, and well, I hope I you know what you're talking about. I hope I, I, hope I do, eh? <laughs> well, next up from the Great White North, he's probably drinking a Labatt's Blue and eating some Hawkins cheesies. Guaranteed MX. Ryan Galdi. What's up, Ryan Gald? Nobody drinks Labatt's Blue, and I think Steve Mathis is the only one that ever eats Hawks' cheesies as well. So uh, I'm letting you down to start the show, Dark Side. All That's right. What, what, about some, <laughs> what about some poutine? Is it poutine or poutine? Uh, poutine would poutine. be uh, it's a, a French. That's more in Quebec there as well. You guys are definitely not on your geographical Damn. assignments here to start this off, but that's okay. <laughs> poutine is delicious, and everybody should try it. I've had it's it. Not it's great good. for your... It's not great for your heart or any sort of uh, <laughs> exercising stuff like that, but it tastes really good. I think I need Michael Lindsay to send me to the Canadian Motocross Series next year so I could get acclimated to the Canadian, the proper terms and the slang. Uh, there's lots out there. We talk a lot of smack, talk a lot of shit, and, and to be honest with you, we have a boatload of fun because, I mean, seriously, who's really making it in the sport, boys? I mean, it's not America. Only Americans make money riding dirt bikes, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. I hope Dylan Wright's <laughs> making some money, a five-time champion. I mean, that's, yeah, I hope he's making making a few bucks. But we're going to get into all that. This is the Boyson Open Discussion. Galdi, uh, would you, how would you like yearly discounts and a chance to develop new products for a company like Boyson? But I'm cheap as hell. We're, I ride dirt bikes. I would love a deal. <laughs> Well, all you got to do is go to boyson.com and apply for their factory racing's rider support program and get in on that. And they may ask you to help develop products and you'll get yearly discounts. So do that when we get off the phone. All right, cool. And as uh, if I say that I raced DAG back in the day, does that give me even more? I would assume. Why, why would it not? Okay. Do you know who DAG Boyson is? Yes, I do. Okay, good. You better know that. He's one of your sponsors, so you better know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to get into a lot of stuff uh, with you in this first 30 minutes before we get Jess Patterson on. As I said, the Canadian series wrapped up. 
Dylan Wright once again dominates the 450 class. I know you've talked about this on some of your own pods and stuff with the the Canadian review you did with Steve Mathis, but I asked him when I entered. Well, I don't want to give that away. We won't give that away. Do you think? How long do you think he sticks in Canada and just keeps dominating? I mean, at some point, I feel like he's going to get bored. Um. Well, I mean, that's a question that's been around for well, I guess five years. Uh, he's been on a hell of a streak right now. Um, domination has been the word. Nineteen overalls in a row, going all the way back to twenty twenty one. So, um. But I think it's it's the the answer is actually a lot simpler than most would think. As a fan, you want to see him, you know, travel the world and do these things. But you got a job. You got bills to pay. He's married now. Uh, I'm sure you, when you interviewed him today, he was talking somewhere in Greece because that's where he is uh, on his um, uh, anniversary trip. And, like, he's, you know, 26, going to be 27 next year. You don't just, like, sort of try to rewrite your career, if you will. And then, of course, yeah, he can get bikes and equipment and, and all that stuff for free and, and, and good stuff to go to the States or go to the GPs. But he's going to have to like throw a, a crazy investment in himself to do it. I think if it was where Ryder McNabb is, and I'm sure you guys all know, or the rumors are, right, ADO next year, it would be a different conversation if he was, you know, 19 overalls in a row and 17, 18 years old. But the past right now, I think he's very comfortable. He makes a great living in his own country. He's a huge ambassador. He does a lot of cool shit. He gets to kind of make his own schedule outside of the Canadian series, which is only really eight, nine weekends. So, He's living a pretty good life. I, I, I know as a fan you want to see him do more, um, but I don't, I, I don't see it changing. He's got a two year, another two years left on his deal uh, to put him to 28 years old-ish. So uh, I don't see him changing anything. Yeah, it might be I don't know, a little bit boring for us to watch, but um, I don't know. I think winning, winning kind of trumps anything that's boring, right? He wins a bunch, makes a bunch of money, and yeah, has for a bunch him. of smiles on his face. Sure, yeah. for him. What about, so Jess Pettison gave him a run at a few rounds, and, uh, you know, he's a former champion. Can Jess step up to that level, do you think? 100%. Yes, 100%. Jess Pettis can beat Dylan Wright, but it literally comes down to, and I, I've said it on whether it's Steve's show, uh, we've probably talked about it at Glen Helen, uh, when we were, I was making fun of Kiefer because he can't break, beat Mike Brown, he can't turn <laughs> he can't turn off his dumb. At some point, you have to be a little bit dumb to get to the next level of this sport to become the champion. Uh, I, the only guy that maybe is a little outside of that is Jet Lawrence. I know what he did this summer. He's obviously extremely smart and all that kind of stuff on his bike. But Jess is like that, very calculated, very technical, very smart. Uh, and Dylan is all that as well. But at some points, man. Dylan is able to just sort of, oh, well, boys, I don't know how I'm going to make this. Shut the gas off, close the eyes, and go for it. And I think that is what the guys behind Dylan are missing right now. And I've said it a bunch, and I've had actually text messages from his competition telling me, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm dumb for saying that. And I'm like, I disagree, and the stats are showing it right now. So it's hard to argue against. But Jess Pettis, if there is anybody going to do it in the next few years, is going to be the guy or could be the guy. Okay. Scotty? Yes. This is like totally random off off what we we're just talking about because we were we were kind of talking about poutine and stuff. So okay, I'm a, are, you, are you hungry? Yeah, actually, that does yeah. sound really good. Um, I'm actually I'm I'm a I'm a Crown Royal drinker. Does that make me like? Is that even like relevant? Or do you guys look at Crown like like whatever? Dolly like, drinks anything. I know, but like, does that is that actually like do people, are people in Canadian uh, Canadian is is in Canada, Canada proud of Crown or is that just like some commercialized bullcrap that you guys that, that that you feel like it is? 
Whiskey's whiskey, buddy. Pour yeah. it in it, fill it up. It don't matter. Drink it. But, man, you guys are really sounding fucking stupid <laughs> talking about Canada. Okay? You guys are sounding like real Americans. You don't know a goddamn thing about our country up here. <laughs> Canadians will drink anything. They'll entertain anybody. They'll have fun at any part of the country at any time of the night, any time of the day. And they'll always come, wake up in the morning, best buddies again, even if they get in an argument. Okay, how yeah. about this? What's better? <laughs> What's better? Uh, the Tragically Hip or Nickelback? Oh, come on. The hip all day long. All right. you, don't even compare the, you can't even compare those two. I agree. I, the, I knew what my answer was. I just wanted to make sure you knew what you were talking about. Nah, the hip all day long. The hip is just too... It's uh, so culture, Canada culture, man. Yeah, Nickelback's got some hits and stuff like that, and you can sing it with your girlfriend and whatnot. <laughs> and, and you might might have some tender moments with another guy driving to the races or something in the morning. But uh, Tragically Hip is just, that is true Canadian music uh, through and through, and it can fit in at any single party across our nation. I agree. I agree. Okay, sticking with Dylan Wright for just a minute, and you guys touched on this a little bit with the when Mathis was on your guys' show the other day, like a couple weeks ago, I think it was. But the greatest... Canadian of all time, motor wise, is probably Russ Pedersen, right? Rollerball's the guy. What does yes, it take? I mean, uh, stat wise, yes, you can't argue it. Yes. So, what does it take? What stat? Is it just stats that Dylan has to break, or is it something else that he needs to be considered at the, the number one guy? Because his stats are growing very fast, and in his career trajectory, he's probably going to break a lot of those. Well, it, it's one of those things like, you know, apples to oranges. Tough to, tough to, kind of compare them right back in the day uh, you know walk up the hill both ways to school it was um like it's almost like back then every time they touched the track you uh, you got a championship it's like as we call it up here tim horton's hockey where you know everybody's a winner kind of thing and everything they do um like ross was he's got like 43 titles it's it's truly unbelievable now if you condensed it just to like motocross stuff there'd be a lot more comparable numbers but um the what the reason why Ross was what he was and why he was so dominant and why he's so iconic is because he was just gnarly, toughest guy, grinding out, ride anything, pounding motos, all these kinds of things like in this this uh, you know Canadian lore or even back in the day like your Bob Hannes and these guys that uh, um, um, uh, Roger DeCoster, just tough as nails, right? Like all that kind of stuff that from that gritty era. And Dylan is like that now, but everything's just so modernized. Like he is mm. tough as nails. He rides injured. He fights. He pick. He'll crash his brains out. He'll pick his things up. I bet you he if Ross is uh, a pretty tough guy. Although he did get punched out back in uh, I think it was 80, 88. He lost the title that year in a bar. Yeah, I heard um, that story. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. It was a good one. Um, I think um, I think Dylan could probably throw some fists. I think he could be a tough guy outside the bike as well. So, uh, but you know, just the modernization of the sport, the different bikes, the different competition, social media injected and everything. I honestly think that Dylan Wright is becoming um, a very a modernized Ross Pedersen, just uh, breaking stats, breaking hearts, breaking records. <laughs> just he's he's amazing, man. And and it's it's and you know it's it's almost like uh, the fans that get that get mad that we talk about Jet Lawrence so much. Dylan Wright is doing that right now, man. He is turning every button correctly. He is doing everything right. The fans love him. He's humble. He's great with. He just like. He's the total package, and and he's doing the winning as well. Like it's uh, it's truly amazing. It's you know what, like watching Jeremy McGrath or the it's he's just he's rebirthing, like remaking uh, an eye candy rider in the sport. And again, it you know Jess Pettis is amazing, Sean Muffelbier, Tyler Medalli, these guys. But man, what Dylan is doing right now is pretty damn amazing. And again, the stats you, you line all that up on top of it, he's uh, he's changing the face of Canadian moto. 
Yeah, and I think it's really good for the sport up, up north, for Canada. I think it's really good to have a guy like him and have fans excited about something like that. And, you know, hopefully something like that will grow the, the sport up there and get more riders coming up north. Uh, I think it's really great for it. I do want to ask you this, sticking with Ross uh, Pedersen for just a minute. He's obviously one of the favorites of most Canadian fans. And I'm wondering if Ross was having a ride day at, let's say, Gopher Dunes. He's putting a ride day on and his elbow hurt a little bit. <laughs> would he not? Would he decide to not ride or would he ride? Oh, you that son of a bitch would ride with no arms, no legs, nothing. <laughs> huh. Guaranteed he would be there for the people. He would be there for the people. Interesting. Okay, moving yes, on. Yes. I, that's weird how you could come up with that scenario. That's an odd one. For yeah, sure. just came yeah to, no it just came to me. Yeah. just came to me. It just popped in your head. That's, <laughs> you're a great podcaster. That, that's a thought. Imagination you have is unbelievable. Uh, quick thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of speaking of random stuff like that. I, I was watching the highlights today, and I saw I, – I couldn't catch the rider's name when they were talking about it, but I think it was in round three at Calgary. And uh, they were saying that a guy, he lost his fingertip, and then, like – I don't know if he finished the moto or not, but they were talking about some guy that lost his fingertip. I don't know if you heard about that or know yeah. who it was. Or Oh, yeah. No, no, I know everything. So uh, the rider's name is Quinn Amiot. Amiot. That is actually the rider that got on the podium at the uh, Pit Bike of Nations for Team Canada last year uh, when I was upside down and sitting <laughs> on myself and all that I wasn't going to bring that up. Um, <laughs> oh, I mean, why wouldn't you? That's what everybody remembers about me. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, Quinn Amiot, he had a bit of a – just a weird crash in, in his front uh, – sorry, his hand went into the front wheel and just kind of chunked the top of his – I think it's his middle finger uh, – chunked the top of his middle finger off. And uh, he didn't actually finish that moto. Uh, between Calgary and that he missed Gopher Dunes and then raced the rest of the series with like this, I don't know, man, it looked like his finger had been stuck in a barbecue for <laughs> fucking two and a half weeks. It was all burnt and crispy and, wow. and, uh, but yeah, he finished it, yeah, but that was the story. So yeah, he chopped his finger off. And if you, there is a video there, it shows him, I can't remember if it's on the triple crown shoes, but it shows him like kind of running, holding his hand, running to the ambulance. Uh, um, I it might even have been on the TV show actually. I can't remember now, but yeah. He chopped her off, but uh, yeah, he finished the series really good. Actually, he actually kind of he was having a really good year, and then from that moment on, it was like, oh no, this kind of sucks. And then he came back and still like continued having a good year with nine and a half fingers. And, um, and he's like the 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 biggest name on the radar as far as silly season goes right now up in Canada. Awesome. Okay. If you guys, yeah. Are- yeah so. Hey, if you guys are looking to upgrade your suspension or tune it up, clean it up, change the fluid, look up your local Racetech dealer by going to Racetech.com. All your local dealerships and service centers are located there. You can find them out. And uh, Racetech Gold Valves provide a plush feel with drastically improved bottoming resistance and increased traction. All Racetech products are 100% guaranteed and made in the USA. So again, visit Racetech.com, get your suspension cleaned up, tuned up, Reserviced it uh, and make you go faster. Sh- say, ugh, can't talk, can't talk tonight, Galdi. It shave some time off your laps, and it's just race tech's good stuff. I'm running it, and I'm making, I'm making you nervous, Dark Side. Yeah, yeah, no, he does it every uh, show. Yeah, nervous. dude, I just suck. I can't <laughs> so, read. I can't do the reads. I just, I'm terrible at them. Racetech. Hey, you have glasses on and everything. You can't see shit. Hey, eh? <laughs> eh? getting old, Galdi. Um, I'm getting old, man. Hey, hey, Racetech is a uh, sponsor of our podcast. Something can't do. Checkers is a great freaking guy, man. That was. Super cool. Link us up with this guy, Charlie Johnson, who's a service center up in Canada. So uh, good, good they support you guys. They support us up here in, in Canuck land, as you guys would call it. Canuck. Yeah. I, yeah. Canuck. Checkers is fantastic, though. Yeah, he he takes care of a lot of the yeah. podcasts. He's a super fan of the sport, and we love Racetech. Yeah, yeah. He's a beauty, and uh, the company does great work for sure. 
Let's drop down to the 250 class for a minute. When we talked about Ryder McNabb, you kind of you you talked about the rumors. Uh, those things aren't official yet, so we weren't going to completely announce those, but we are going to ask him what his plans are for 24. But Ryder McNabb, two-time back-to-back 250 champion, and instead of moving up to go battle a Dylan Wright, he, he may be coming to the U.S. and changing his career path a little bit. How do you feel? How do Canadian fans feel about that? Do, do they are they excited that he might come down here, or, or would they rather see him step up and let's go battle Dylan? Now, there's lots of time left to come back to Canada. The, this is exactly what the country, what him, his family, what they've strived for right from the beginning. Um, it's uh, it, it is he's got a a bit of a um, a bit of a nod, if you will, the the, the Orange Brigade last winter uh, with Daniel Blair kind of helped him out to do those Texas races. He had a great showing down there. Then he broke his foot, came up, does win the Canadian title, and uh, went to the combine at Red Bud, did okay there. Um, and then he was supposed to go to Ironman and, and hit his melon. Um, so I, I just I think the trajectory is it is what he's done good. He's made some money the last couple of seasons winning the championships. Uh, he's young. He's got the right attitude. He's got the he's got the Myrtle and his is the agent for him, kind of helping out so he can get hooked up with some good guys. Maybe he goes and hangs out at the the dog park or the dog, I don't know, whatever the hell, the dog bag. Dog pound, yeah. Dog pound, yeah, the where the Lawrences are. So, I mean, the trajectory is pointing in all directions. It's He's got the same kind of attitude like Dylan Wright. He likes to work hard. Um, he's a he's a fighter kid. He comes from a very humble family. Uh, he's kind of had to learn a lot of things at a very young age. The time is now. He can come back to Canada, man. Our, our series isn't going anywhere. He'll have time to, you know, maybe Dylan Wright will be gone if, you know, it works out, but um, yeah, this, you know, rumor with the AEO and KTM and I'm pretty sure it's fallen in the right place. So let's hope it cross our fingers and doesn't end up like, uh, was it Phoenix Honda last year or no? Yeah. Phoenix Honda fell, fell apart last minute last year. And, um, I, I, I love it as a fan. Let's go Ryder McNabb. I'll be tattooing my, has name on my belly and oh, Canadian flags. And <laughs> I might even drink a Labatt's blue. I don't know. Just this, I'll, I'll get crazy. We're going to get fucking crazy up here. Do you know, I'll tell you where I got the Labatt's Blue thing. So, uh, being from the 80s, big Skid Row fan, just actually went and saw him last week. There is a home video they did back in 89 or 90 called Oh Say Can You Scream. It's, you know, all all this concert footage. Sebastian, being Canadian, comes out and says, you know, I remember back when I was a kid, walking down whatever highway, drinking Labatt's Blue, and that's just always stuck with me. So, I don't know. That's that's where I took it from, Skid Row. So, if Sebastian Bach doesn't know what he's talking about, I don't know who does. There used to be a guy's name was Jeff Sherrall, was a big advocate of uh, No Fear, and there that uh, there was a long-form written thing that Steve did uh, a while back on No Fear. Jeff Sherrall yep. was a part of it. He was an American, found a great home base up here. He was from Chicago, found a great home base in Canada in the late 80s into early 90s, and he was sponsored by Labatt's Blue, the only <laughs> racer I've ever seen sponsored by a beer company here in Canada. Labatt's Blue was his sponsor. Had a Labatt's license plate on his cube van. Well, it seems like you should be drinking Labatt's Blue then. If they support a moto ever, that's that should be your beer. Uh, all right, I'll get back on just because you said it. Okay, let's <laughs> start right. going. Honey, get-, get me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell Amy, t- tell Amy I said what's up. Uh, well, yeah, she's probably up putting the kids to bed right now. Right on, Scotty. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask about Ryder. Where do what do you think? Has he had any kind of Supercross prep, and where do you think his ceiling is coming into the the U.S. series? Well, that's the uh, that's the rough part. So the Supercross thing is obviously always the one that's in question for any Canadian racer. The only one that's really ever sort of done 
overall or okay, decent dart walk. He's been a couple. Darky Lance did it. J- JSR uh, and of course Cole Thompson um, is still the latest one. But he needs work at that. He is good. He's got the technical ability and everything like that. So I think it's gonna, you know, do the futures type plan and kind of slowly get into it. But by the time twenty, if it all goes to plan and works out, and he's able to kind of stay down there the next year, I think twenty twenty five. You could see him being, I don't know, a fifth to eighth place guy in the main events. Um, you know, maybe get a good start type thing. But, those, you know, every American and anybody else that's doing the series, they have a big advantage being able to be a part of it and sort of accustomed to it for so long. So that's where he's going to have to work on his game the most. The outdoor stuff, the training, all that shit, that's going to be nothing. That'll be easy for him. But Supercross is going to be a new, a new thing for him and just learning the bike and getting it set up properly and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I mean, I think the sky's the limit. The kid has got all the tools. And of course, me being Canadian, I'm going to be biased, but he's, he's got all the tools and I'm not the only one seeing it or these teams and these people wouldn't be vouching for him either. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, I think this is the one that could kind of put our flag back in the American side of things and kind of carry it like what JSR did or Roth did and Darcy Lange on the indoor side of things for sure. Cause those guys did an amazing job at times. And, uh, I think Ryder McNabb's going to be the next one. Even Jess Pettis, you know, Jess Pettis was actually uh, is pretty badass at Supercross until he got injured too. But it's been a short list, so hopefully Ryder McNabb can kind of uh, ignite it again. Yeah. So uh, during the series this year, it seemed like you guys had quite a bit of like wet conditions and a lot of mudders and stuff. Did was that was it kind of like an uncommon season for you guys with rain and stuff, or was that kind of par for the course? Uh, what series are you watching, Scotty? Because we didn't have we didn't have one mud race this year. It's wow. Maybe you were watching like the wrong year. <laughs> no, I was watching twenty three. No, we didn't have any mud races this year. There might have been some muddy practices or okay. some muddy well, that's, some like practice. Like it's like what, a typical like you know you go to Ironman, it's going to be muddy in practice, right? Like Walton. Okay. We're losing you, Galdi. Uh, or uh, Calgary stuff like that. But it rained a little bit. Well, you're losing me. Well, yeah, you're Hello. breaking up a little bit. But we got you now. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Um, um, yeah. Nope. You're gone. A little again. bit of rain in Calgary, and that's it. What the fuck? I don't know. You keep, you <laughs> keep cutting out. Let's, I got, I'm good. I got one more question for you before we let you go. So, um, Motocross the Nations right. is coming up. Uh, I mentioned Dylan Wright, Ryder McNabb, and Jess Pettis, all our guests tonight. Is your team for this year? That's a good team. I feel like good things are going to come. I feel like this might be one of the best results you guys have had in a long, long time. How do you feel about it? I feel good, boys. Um, feel good. They're, uh, are you guys hear me okay? Yeah, it's just break. It's going okay. in and out. What a flip. It, Wi-Fi. I pay my bills. I have yeah. a job. I pay my bills. <laughs> Fucking cell service everywhere. Goddamn bullshit. Fucking connect Canadians. Um, yeah, exactly. Cheap ass Rogers. Uh, I love it. I love it, boys. I think our team's going to be great. I think they're going to have a great year. Courtney Lloyd's done a great job. I'm looking forward to it. I will be cheering from, uh, from this side of the pond. I'm looking forward to it. And I'm calling Dylan Wright, uh, top five in his class. Awesome. Yeah. That'd be good. I'm yeah. excited. I always yeah. pull for you guys since getting to know you and Courtney a few years ago. It's, you know, obviously America number one, Canada too. So I, I would love to see you guys do really well. Uh, You're but, just saying that right now. There's no way you mean that at all. There's ask no Cor- ask Courtney. I have her on every year before this and talk to her and talk to you. I, I do a show with your your team every year before MXDN because I am a are fan. You, are you going to say something mean to a girl, Tarside? That's not like you. No. Not say well, that's true. I, I, dude, I'm just a nice guy. <laughs> T-Dags is my boy. Like back in the day, you know, Dusty, I'm still a huge Dusty Clatt fan. I mean, I think he'd come back and win right now. 
So he just got engaged. Actually, congrats to Dusty Cloud. They just oh. got engaged. Cool. Yeah, he's yeah. A, he was a bad dude, but no, I, I love the Canadians, man. I love. I, I want to come up and really. I really do want to come up and come to a couple of the races next year. Hey, anytime I will look after you, buds. We'll have a great time, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's like anything outside of America that you go to. Everybody's super chill, has a lot of fun, and we love watching racing. And uh, at the end of it, everybody has a beer and laugh and all that kind of stuff. It's always a good time. Hell yeah! Well, we'll make it happen, Gaudy. I appreciate you jumping on here tonight again. Tell the wife and the kids what's up. I always enjoy seeing you guys, and hopefully, uh, we'll we'll hang out again sometime soon. I don't know about vet nationals this year, but yeah, maybe something else will come together. We can get hooked up. Love to, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Have fun, Scotty. Nice meeting you on, online. Yeah. Have fun with the rest of the Canadians, and um, I'll go get some Labatt's beer. I'll be passed out here in about 20 minutes. <laughs> and some Hawkins cheesies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All Cheers, right. boys. See you, man. Bye. That's Ryan Gaud. Always a good time. Yep, apparently we know nothing about Canada. Yeah, I, I screwed all that up. Uh, we, you and I both screwed all that even, up. Even all my, <laughs> even all the episodes of Charlie Park Boys, I, I've watched. I've still, oh, I've still failed. I'm not into that show. That really? show just doesn't make me laugh. I don't. Oh, then you just have. No, then like, you have TJ no soul, likes man. it. He tries. He tries to get me to watch it, and I watch. I just didn't get it. And what, there's another you, one. What's the other one? Okay, I don't. Know. Oh, uh, Letterkenny. Yes, that Letter, one. Letterkenny's Letterkenny's all right. Trailer Park Boys is my is one of my jams. I've watched it. The you, the thing is, is like how many episodes have you watched? I think I watched maybe like started from the beginning. Watched like the first five yeah, so, or so. So the first season is like ass yeah, so so. But once but once you get like once you keep watching it and you get two or three to four seasons in, okay, and they've and they've all and all the characters have developed and they start building like that. The, that that's first, a lot of dedication to put in something. You're telling me that's going to build to like the fourth season. No, the second or third season starts getting better, but like the third the third through like the sixth or seventh season is just it's it's it. Every single one of them is just a grand slam. Well, when I run out of other things to watch, maybe I'll try it again. Uh, before we get to Jess Pettis, big news today, or fairly big news. Everybody's been waiting on the reveal of the Triumph 250. Came out today. Ricky Carmichael, Evan Ferry. Quick little video, no graphics, but kind of give you a little bit. Like, the first decent look at the bike, what did you think? Did the, did the not having graphics bother you? Hmm. I'm not gonna say it bothered I've, I've me. I never but even it, really paid attention. I didn't even really it, notice yeah, that. I won't say it bothered me, but I think it would have looked better if it had graphics. It was just very, just all black, and I think it was. Yeah. No, so I, I didn't honestly, I, did, I didn't even. Like, I didn't even really notice. What the I hell was, did you pay attention to? What were you looking watching at? Watching them ride. It actually watched them ride. Watching Carmichael drag bars. Yeah, it yeah. whips really good. Apparently, according <laughs> to to Evan and. Ricky, yeah, yeah, it uh, yeah, it whips really good. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky was like, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about how it corners and accelerates and starts and yeah, yeah. But are how excited are you about this new team and or new OEM? Not new team. I mean, I guess a new team also. But are you excited about another OEM coming in and what it could mean? And do you think the bike is going to be competitive? Um, year one, I don't know. It's really hard to. I mean, it can you can say it feels good and you know. It's kind of one of those deals where everybody looks good at the test track, right? Like, yeah. And like, uh, and the track that the Carmichael track looked pretty primo, so it was good conditions, and and yeah, it looked like it. I mean, it, it looked like they were having fun riding it, and but how that how that translates into actual racing, especially on Supercross, I mean, who's hard to tell? But I think for the my biggest thing that I like about not just Triumph, but but Beta, and then you know, Gas Gas has been around for a few years now, and. 
I just like the the more factory opportunities for our riders. Like like our like we know we had Benny Bloss on last week, and mm-hmm. the fact that he's getting the factory ride that we feel you know like we mentioned he feel like he deserves. That I kind of more like the opportunities that the riders are getting rather than like if. If I don't, I'm not one of those guys where like, oh, now that triumphs out, like, oh, I'm gonna go get a triumph. Like I remember when Gas Gas came out, everybody's like, oh, I want to go get the Gas Gas. I'm like, well, I mean, it's just go get a KTM or Husky. It's like the same thing. Like, like I, I think there's gonna be a lot of people that are gonna go get a triumph just because it's the new thing. I'm not. I've never been that kind of person. I can never afford to get the brand new thing, anyways. <laughs> right, right. But uh, um, I just, you know, I think it's cool. The I think the opportunity for more sponsorships and for more factory rides that's what i like rather than just a new like i could care less if it was triumph or beta or whatever just the fact that there's opportunities is is cool it could have been a john deere bike and i i, I would <laughs> i wouldn't have i just i like the i like the new people entering the sport whether not not the the brand name brand name really doesn't mean much to me about it yeah i i think that's the biggest thing is more opportunities mm-hmm. for more riders spreading it out a little bit uh, strengthening the the industry, I hope that mm-hmm. would be the obviously the main thing is strengthen the industry. Yeah, more bikes for sale. Uh, you know, if if it uh, improves the industry, the financial side of the money coming into the sport, that's key. That's really what's important. Uh, you know, and I think I, I just hope they stick around. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, so I, I am excited about it. I seeing the video today didn't really do much for me. I like watched I, it. Yeah, yeah, I watched too. I mean, I didn't, I didn't go, Oh my God, I yeah, can't believe exactly. you know, it's, it. It wasn't like that. It's just, I'm just really glad that the sport is growing and evolving. And I think that's the key that I'm most excited about. Uh, it's, you know, will they be competitive right off the bat? Yeah, I think they'll do okay. I think they're going to, I don't think it's, it's going to be F only, right? I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be like when KTM first came in and they were just so far behind the, the rest of the bikes. I mm-hmm. think they're going to be pretty close. So I think they will be pretty competitive. Now, will they go in? I don't know, but I think it's going to be something that. Yeah, it's not like it's, they're going to be not. I don't believe they're going to be not finishing all the time and like still developing. I think it's going to be pretty decent. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think our first guest of the night is on, so we're going to try to get to him real quick. FXR is designed by racers for racers with industry leading fit, finish, and performance. Progression is the name of the game with every new piece created. At FXR, we push our brand to the next level to provide you with the best products possible. Visit FXRRacing.com to see their numerous gear lines or go to your local dealership and ask for FXR. Tonight, FXR brings us Jess Pettis. What's up, Jess? Hey, guys. Not too much. Uh, Yeah, just hanging out. Just hanging out. Uh, You doing any training? You getting any MXDN prep in or are you taking a little break right now? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, Yeah, we had about a... I guess a week or so off since uh, I did Ironman there about yeah a week ago. So took a little bit of a week off, um, just kind of training for fun, a little bit of mountain biking and, and road biking. I actually raced on the weekend too, I guess, so not a lot of downtime. But um, yeah, man, just uh, kind of getting back into it this week, just keeping in shape and yeah, going to just grind time for I guess about three more weeks or a month till, till yeah, and make the nation. Yeah, it'll be here before we know it. That stuff, you know, the time goes by fast. Um, just finished up your series a few weeks ago and you mentioned doing Ironman, but, uh, yeah, second overall in the 450 pro class. I think you were only off the podium a couple times, a couple moto wins, honestly, a pretty successful season. As far as I'm concerned, I want to know how you feel about it. Uh, Dylan Wright, what five championships in a row now. Um, so that part probably is frustrating to you, but I would assume overall you're pretty happy with your season. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty satisfied for sure. Um, as most of most of you know, last year was a tough one for me. So yeah, with a lot of injuries and just didn't really didn't really race a whole lot. So kind of my game plan for the year was to to come in and and make all all the rounds and progress as the season went and hopefully be kind of fighting up for the wins. I know that's that's where I belong and on the good days. So I think we kind of accomplished all that and. Yeah, pretty pretty good season. Um, you know, I feel like I was getting better and better and, and closer to uh, getting one of those overalls here at the end. But um, no, I'm pretty satisfied for sure. Sorry, Scotty. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So you know, you you were t- your battle with Dylan this year was pretty good. And it kind of when I was watching it this year, it kind of reminded me a little bit of how Jet and Chase were battling. And uh, I know that you did have a, you did have a moto win on him and, and you were ahead of him sometimes, but did, was there, was there any round where you felt like, or, or moto where like you felt that you had him and for whatever reason, it just, it just didn't happen or he got you or just how did, how kind of, how did that, how does that rivalry with him uh, feel with you? Yeah. Um, yeah. I got a couple moto wins on him, but that was earlier in the season. And then, um, once we headed east, once we got to Deshaun Bow, I had a good round there. Um, didn't finish too far in front of me, and I, I put in a good fight. I felt like I had had really good speed, and I felt like I raced the track really well. Um, he kind of just let it hang out in a few sections where I wasn't exactly willing to just put it all on the line and kind of get loose. But um, Deshaun Bow, we were close. I feel that I, I could have had one there. Um, and honestly, Walter, the, the final round, um, I went down on the first lap and came from pretty well. Yeah, very, very back of the pack. And I had had really good lap time. So I was a bummer on the first moto. Second moto, I had a bike issue right from the beginning. So, um, and I just had to salvage it in for that. And I ended up getting the DNF. So I saw Walton. I had, I, I was hungry for it. Honestly, I, I wanted to end the season with a bang. And, and I felt my riding and my speed and bike setup, everything was really good at Walton. But, uh, hey, man, it's only, only eight rounds. So, next year we, we got to make it happen and i think now we have a good building year ready to go off yeah i want to ask you about next year in a minute but just sticking with this year when you when you're as good as you are and you're obviously batting battling the guy that's the past champion and like scotty said where maybe it just doesn't work out on from some days how do you keep your your positivity what do you do to regroup during the week to say hey man like you know i i know i have it i have you know i have the ability to beat him and just kind of not get down. Like it's such a mental game, the sport. So how do you keep that mental side up? Yeah, it's a, it's for sure a, a huge part of the sport. Um, yeah, just kind of go uh, each week. I just went back to the drawing board and, and figured out where my struggles were and, and where I needed to improve on, on my end and try not to worry about him, him too much, you know, just try to be the best self I could be. And, um, I think the week before Deshaun Bow, I really worked on some of my weaknesses just with some sprint speed and just hanging it out in some of those areas. My, my endurance was great all season and I was in it right till the end. Like some of the motors I came off and I wasn't even tired. I was just more frustrated than anything. Um, and I was just lacking the raw speed. So for me, like it, it was, yeah, it was pretty frustrating because I see Chase in the U.S. as well. He, you know, he gets a second, he has a good moto comes off and he put his head down and kind of just bummed out. But uh, I, I definitely had some of those motos where, where I was the same. Um, but then that's racing. And, and that's what I love about it is the challenging part. And it's not easy. So, um, you know, go back and, and that kind of gives me something to strive for during the week. It, it, there's always something to work on, you know? So, um, 
kind of let's try and take a look back and put it in perspective from, you know, even last year was rough. So I'm like, okay, it's all good. We got to be positive, you know, but in the moment, it's tough for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. And you mentioned, you know, last year not going the way you wanted it to and having some struggles. And of course, you've had injuries. And you mentioned not pushing past your limit, basically. Is that something that you kind of came into the season saying, hey, like you did say, I, I want to finish every round and I have to know when where that line is. And once I get to that line, I'm not going to go past that line. Is that something that you kind of uh, focused on throughout the season? Yeah, I, I would say for sure at the beginning of the season, that was a big thing in my head just to to kind of make it through the races and just progress and, and, and not take those big risks that maybe I have in the past where, um, you know, I've always kind of just been, been all that I want to win or I crash trying. And, yep. and it, it bites me at times. And then I'm just, uh, you know, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, man, I could have just took a second or a third and it would have been okay. And I, I did that for sure for the first, uh, first little bit. And then you always want more, right? Being a racer. So, um, <laughs> that was kind of where I had to find that, that fine line. I feel like I did a pretty good job at it this year. Um, I mean, I didn't really have too many, too many get offs, but I, I definitely knew that near the end of the season was trying to, to be better on that end. And the team was talking with me just, you know, saying that was one of my bigger, bigger weaknesses, just taking that, that risk, which every time we go on the track, you know, if you want to win, you, uh, you kind of got to, especially racing someone like Dylan, you have to be able to put it all on the line and, you know, he's fast. We're, we're going at a good speed. So you're not going to look into to just a win or just riding into a win. You kind of got to, got to race him for it. Yeah. So you did probably have conversations with yourself while on the bike of, okay, now it's time to maybe push a little harder and cross that line. You, you had to deal with that in moto, I would assume at times, like, am I going to go for, past that line? Yes, I am. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. My best race of the season was that day, Sean Bow, and, yep. and that was kind of my mindset, like, you know, screw it, let's just go for this and, and send it a bit more. And, and it was good, but you know, I, and, and at times where even throughout the season, I tell myself that, and then I have a, a sketchy moment or I almost throw it away big time and, and save it. And I'm like, hold oh, up, that, that, that was close. And then it kind of, uh, puts me in protect mode for like maybe two, three laps. And then I get my ship back in gear and, and I make another push. But at that point it was, it was tough. So it's, uh, it's, it's crazy, man. Sometimes Dylan, like he'll have a, a really big moment, but just, brush it off and go like just like it didn't happen where i think um at times where I, i'm just like okay that was that was close let's, uh, let's back it down for a lot but um yeah I, I think we like we improved on that and that's just something that takes a little bit of time too I and mean, when you hit the ground uh you know a couple of times and you get a big consequence from that it's it's a hard thing to overcome but um you know it wasn't really like in my mind or my thoughts at all near the end of the season which is cool yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, Scotty. Oh, good. Um, so you know, you you had some. You had a top ten and and the Iron Man, and I thought that was really cool battling with Phil and all that. Um, <laughs> but uh, so Phil I loved it. The question I had is, does it feel what what feels more intense, being inside the top ten in the U.S. National or like like what we've been talking about your battles with. Uh, with Dylan and being like battling for a podium in the Canadian series or, or versus being like top 10 in the, in the U S national. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, you know, I, I was really stoked with the 10th in, in moto one, but it's not the same feeling I would say as like 
when you get a win, you know, and you work really hard for it and you finally like, you know, you, you can celebrate pretty good, but I'm not going to come over the finish at Ironman in 10th and like throw some fist pump and right. start like grabbing my bike. Um, but in that aspect, like I've never done an AMA pro national. I have done some super cross, but, but I've never done that. So I, I always wanted to, and then to prove that in the first moto that, that I can be in the mix was cool. And, and to myself, that felt like that was a nice accomplishment. Um, obviously that didn't, really work for the second moto, but yeah, it, it, it felt really good. Honestly, I was happy to do that and it makes me hungry to come do more. And I think like, I know when I ride good and when I ride, you know, okay. And I didn't really feel on at Ironman and I, I know I could have pushed up, uh, even, you know, a few more positions on a, on a better day. So, you know, that would really, really make me stoked. even like the, around the seventh, sixth place mark knowing I have a really good moto and then fight for it even harder up at the front. Um, but I mean, it, it's cool. Like I, I didn't know where I'd fit in at all. I didn't know, um, you know, top 20, top 10, top, you know, wherever. So I think it, it's cool to know maybe next time when I come down there to just set a bit of expectation and, and, uh, and just push for even a little bit more. Yeah. I think a 14th with a DNF is pretty damn good. Yeah, I don't know how I got 14th still with the DNF. Um, that's crazy, but yeah, it, with the DNF too, it's a bit of a bit of a, a bummer situation. Yeah, but it's racing and just had a had a big big crash off the start, and then my bike is super twisted up. So I got a listener question uh, that a guy wants to know about an incident that happened in Calgary uh, that maybe maybe it was a brake check in a rut with you and Dylan um just kind of would like to in there so I guess the middle fingers were thrown uh do you have any thoughts on that any perspective on how it went down uh yeah I mean we we're having a good battle and um yeah we were both we were both fighting to the lead and then we came into a section where we come up the hill and it's a super one line and I heard him like coming right up the hill on me so I just slowed up a bit in the corner he tapped my wheel because I knew that at times you can get a little bit flustered. So I'm like, well, um, you know, <laughs> I know that's how it, what, what he would do. And that's, that's what we do a lot of times. So, um, it's just racing. And then, yeah, at the, in the moment when he went by, I didn't know if he fingered me or put his hand up or, or what, but, um, I, I mean, I don't really care. That's racing. And I like keeping you on the track and I think it all makes, uh, makes for good, Good times, laugh, and uh, yeah, yeah. It's, we have a quite a quite a quite a good like racing history. Like we we battled a lot throughout the year, so I think we know like you know how to ride, and it's uh, it's cool. It's cool to be doing it. Yeah, that way. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It seems like you guys get along really well off the track. It's, it just seems like in Canada in general, everybody for the most part gets along. It's a really cool atmosphere. So it's good that you can go do battle on the track and then off the track, be okay with it, understand that it's part of racing. And uh, we're obviously we're going to get to the MXD and stuff here in a minute, but you know, and still be teammates with them. I think that's really, that's a good thing to strive for. Cause in the U S a lot of the guys, once they have problems on the track, it's just, everybody holds grudges and it seems a little silly sometimes. Like you got to grow up, you know, wait, wait are, are people in Canada? Nice. Is that, is that like that's what thing? I hear? I don't know. I mean, Galdi's kind of a dick, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Goldie's one of the Goldie's one of the different different ones, but <laughs> no. um, 
No, no that's good. Yeah, me, me and Bill, we've, we've had like a, a few run-ins and obviously emotions get high and stuff at times. And especially, uh, you know, after the motos, like it's, it's hard to race at our level. Um, and, and there's a lot of money on the line and man, blood, sweat, tears, everything put into it to, to get the wins. And then, um, I've been really frustrated with him at times. He's been frustrated with me at times, but at the end of the day, you know, uh, you know, we, we usually come up by the next weekend and it's all good. So, um, I think that's just the racing community in Canada is, is a lot smaller than in the U.S. So, you know, everyone's at one point forced to be, you know, pitted right next to the person or see them, you know, like Dylan and I, we, we now live 45 minutes away from each other. So there's only a couple of practice tracks to go ride during the week and, you know, you're going to run into the guy or like, yeah. <laughs> so no, it's, it's, yeah, it's usually all good. I mean, you go to Glen Helen and, uh, you know, there's 20, factory there's a bunch of factory dudes there's 20 30 pros it's a little easier to avoid people but <laughs> i hear it's uh yeah it's definitely a smaller motor community and then um it's just how it is but yeah everyone seems to be a good vibe and and have fun and our series is serious but a little bit more laid back than, than in the u.s for sure i mean um but yeah both both are fun i mean Experience. Yeah, I hear I hear nothing but good things about the atmosphere of the Canadian series. And I was just telling Galdi, like I, I think I'm going to really try to get Michael Lindsay to send me up there next year to a couple of rounds. I want to come experience it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you got to check it out. Absolutely. Calgary is it, Calgary is a cool one. You're right in the city. That's on the west coast. And then uh, I mean, Deschambeau is really cool. It's crazy French fans everywhere, and <laughs> the food, everything, the culture is pretty crazy. It's cool. So. Uh, that you I'd recommend. Yeah, those are the ones I have on my list, so I appreciate that. Yeah, that's I'm gonna make that a goal. Go ahead, Scotty. Yeah, that's kind of what one of my questions has is is which round of or which Canadian track defines the Canadian motocross series the most? Is it would it be one of those two and which one of those is is your favorite? Yeah, um those two are great. And then there's also Walton Mark our final round, which it's kind of like a, a Loretta's kind of a, a mini Loretta's kind of vibe with the amateurs all week. And then the, the pro day on Sunday and um, yeah, everyone sticks around. There's usually a bunch of activities every single night. And that one is great. Deschambeau is uh, a beautiful facility. Like uh, yeah, one of the nicest ones I've ever been to. And yeah, there's, there's two or three good ones for sure. I really like the, the Deschambeau track. It's elevation, big jumps, good dirt. It's uh, you can view the whole track from up in a big tower. It's cool for the spectators, and everyone gets right down close to the track. That's one thing a little different than in the U.S. I think, like, man, some of the Canadian fans are you're almost running over their feet, like <laughs> on the side of the track. It's yeah, especially in the and they're like way deep in the back section. People are drinking beers, and you're like almost hitting them. It's crazy at times, but um, the, the fans get into it. They're they're super stoked. Yeah, it's exciting. Do you have another one? Yeah, I just so is is that last round? Is that the only round that they do amateurs at, or is it kind of like an? Is there an amateur program during y'all's normal rounds? Um, there, there is an amateur day at every round. Okay. So on the Saturday is amateur, and then Sunday is pro. But they have a, a big amateur week, the week of Deschambeau, and then two weeks after that, they have like the the final one of the whole year. Uh, everyone from. Yeah, from the West Coast, everyone comes over. It's like the the Transcan they call it. So, the the final one is big at Walton, but they have yeah, I guess two amateur weeks that are kind of combined with the pros, and then 
uh, a lot of the pros even hang out and and whatnot at the at the races for the week. So, so is there any uh, is there any up and coming super mini riders that are that are kind of turning heads, or are they, is that field competitive? What are you, what is the competition looking like coming up? Yeah, that yeah, I don't really pay attention too much on that <laughs> end, but there, yeah, there it's not, it's a little different than than down in the U.S. But there's a couple of kids that stand out. Um, there's like a Dexter Sites, his name. He's from uh, from Calgary, Alberta. He's a little ripper, and then a couple other other little guys but um yeah i don't know about too much but yeah there, there's a couple i think just pettis tonight brought to you by fxr uh speaking of the events and the tracks up there edmonton this year was a little odd um i think it was a three moto format which was unusual and it was kind of inside it looked like it was inside a dirt track state um facility yeah a little, little odd they're trying to do something different what do you think of it i mean is it got room for improvement yeah, um, I think it, it really caught us all all off guard for sure. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, yeah, I don't really. I just I try and race what's in front of us, but it was pretty uh, pretty frustrating. But at the end of the day, we we got through it safe, and I mean, I, I got a couple wins there. I think in the motos, and then yeah, I got second place overall. So it, it was okay result wise. Um, super sketchy kind yeah. of track. It looked like. Looked at the dirt. dirt, the dirt they, yeah, the dirt. They couldn't even put water because it was just too hard. And <laughs> I know what you call it dirt. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. it was like what you would see on a flat track that they tried to put into mounds. But yeah, it was kind um, of. All, it was sort of blue grooved, as they call it in the, in the road yeah. racing or um, dirt track racing. And yeah, it just it was already blue grooved when you guys got on it. Yeah, it's not not exactly motocross yeah. uh, type of dirt. No, no, exactly. And, I almost had a really big moment. I, I, there's a picture of me, like, uh, basically 12 o'clock in the air, but like <laughs> an endo. And I rode the front wheel, and it was like, uh, it was a little flashback to last year, to say the least. Because last year, we had a track that was really bad, and and everyone complained, and there was a lot of, like, people that got injured and stuff, and I broke my elbow there, and I was super frustrated with the whole situation. But And then and we come back, and this is our first round, and I'm like, man, I can't have, like... I, something like this can't take me out for, you know, like such a, you know, we trained in Florida for the last three, four months and yep. put all this effort and then we show up and I'm just like, man, I just need to get through this. That was everyone's mindset for sure. But, um, I, I told myself that this series kind of starts at round two. <laughs> yeah. I saw an interview you did and you said that, I think it was with direct motocross and yeah, you told him series starts next weekend or something. Yeah. I saw that. Um, yeah, and then of course, and then of course, it was my my worst result of the year, and I rode like absolute crap. And I'm like, oh crap, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, still a good season, as we said, second overall. Can't really complain. Um, I want to talk to you. You came down to Ironman, and you have a lot of experience coming down to the U.S. You've done numerous Supercross races. Um, yeah, do you like Supercross over motocross? Is it just kind of equal? I know you've done a bit. You've had some bad luck and had some injuries at some Supercross. I think you got hurt at Houston a few years ago, like 2018, maybe. Yeah, uh, 2021, 2021 or okay. 2020. But yeah. How how do you want? Would you like to make Supercross like a full season of Supercross? Is that something that's a goal at some point? You know, how do you feel about Supercross versus outdoors? Yeah, I love Supercross. Honestly, it feels like you're you're riding a BMX bike and, and it's so fun. And, uh, I, I almost prefer it in a way. Like, I think, I think I'm a pretty technically skilled 
rider in that aspect and it suits my style. Um, and I mean, I, I love the grind of the outdoors too, but they're both good. I'm, I'm not really sure where my supercross future is at okay. at the moment. Like I, I had a pretty good, pretty good year in 2019. I, I mean, I did five rounds of it and had some good results. Um, and then I trained at Alden Baker's for two, two off seasons after that and got injured. Um, I got injured at Houston, like in, in practice, which didn't show my hard work and where I was at against all those other guys I was riding with every week at Alden's. I mean, uh, I, I knew that was going to be a good season if, if it didn't go that way. Um, and then ever since then, yeah, the team, they didn't really want me to do it last year because they didn't feel my body was healthy enough to do it. And then, yeah, I just, uh, unless I get a good opportunity to go do it, but to go do it on my own and try and try and get back to that point and, and prove to get on a ride there would be tough, I think. Um, but, but my, my interest would be there. Um, but for now, I mean, it's good just racing the outdoors and then if I can drop in and do maybe three, four AMA outdoors throughout the season and motocross nations. I mean, I think that's a pretty solid season. And then, I mean, if, if something pops up or, uh, anything yeah, happens then supercross would definitely be interesting to me, but at the moment, I don't think it'll happen. Okay. Yeah, so uh, talk about like the support that you have. I mean, technically, you're on the Canadian factory team. How, how much? KTM. Is, yeah. yeah, KTM. Yeah. yeah. And how much influence does that have of the U.S. team? Is there, you know, is it kind of its own deal? Is it kind of spun off of, uh, I guess, as a branch of the U.S. team? How, kind of how does that whole thing work? Yeah, um, our our team like they talk hand in hand with even Roger and Ian and some of the guys all, all over there. Um, even the mechanics and stuff about what's going on. And then, yeah, um, we get factory service motors. So all, all that stuff is, is kind of the hand in hand, the same. And when I go over to the U S like when I did the supercross stuff, we're, uh, we're kind of spending all our time at like the test track or even at, we had a little, little spot at the KTM shop. So we're, we're, we're pretty heavily involved with them, I'd say. Um, but we also kind of run a, you know, our own program up here and, um, and if we keep them happy, we're doing things good. I think then, then it's all good. So, um, also when I come down to Ironman stuff like this, we just bring our KTM sprinter. We do it all on our own. Um, but if we need help, I think that they would be there, but we kind of come prepared to where we don't have to rely on them, you know? So, um, here in, in Quebec where I'm living now, I'm only like 25 minutes away from the KTM headquarters, which they have, yeah, they have a bunch of employees and they have our race shop. Um, they, they talk with the U S like every day, sending motors and parts and stuff back and forth. And, um, kind of, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty good little program we got going. Yeah. Um, we had a listener that wanted to know if does this Canadian have a production rule? Um, no, I don't, I don't even know. Like we, like as far as like, um, I don't know how that like works either. <laughs> yeah, like fifty-two mil forks and stuff like that. I'd, we we can't even get them, but if we could, I think I could run them. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah, I don't think it's like a problem. But, but you can't modify the, like um, modifying the frame and all that's what I think stuff like that. That oh not, no 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 yeah no it's, it's not like Europe. I, I think yeah. we just got to keep our stuff. Basically, the bike I'm riding is like what uh what Cooper these guys in the U.S. would be would be running. You know, we can't right. like be doing no crazy stuff like that yeah yeah so th- those bikes are pretty close aren't huh? they yeah they're, they're not far off 
No, no, exactly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Before we let you go, obviously, I want to touch on motocross of nations. I, I was just telling Galdi, I think this Canadian team is one of the best I've seen in years. Uh, you know, I've always I love Colton Fasciati and T Dags and all those guys, but I think you guys this year have a chance to do something really special for Canada. Um, how do you feel about it? How strong do you feel about your chances? I think so. Yeah, I think it's our, our best odds. We have um, Dylan and Ryder as my teammates, and they obviously showed this year that uh, that we're, we're good. You know, I think even myself and Dylan at Ironman on a, on a, a big scale can be competitive, and um, I, I know myself and Dylan could even be better than we were, what we did there uh, on a good day, and Ryder as well, man. I've seen him at some of the races this summer, and if he can ride like that, uh, on the world stage, then he, he's really, really good. Um, but as everyone knows, you know, it's, uh, our Canadian series to the U S or the U S to Europe. Like it's all so different while we race. So mm-hmm. if we all come in our a game, I, I think we can do really, really good. Um, but man, we're just gonna, I think go, we have a really fun team. We all get along. Everyone will bring a good vibe and hopefully bring some good, good riding and, Good, good results. I think, I think there's no reason like why why we can't do good. What would you be happy with? I, I feel like top ten is for sh- almost for sure. Like in my mind, unless there's a really you know mechanical or something bad happens, I feel like top ten. I'm even. I'm, I think in my mind, I'm seeing you guys around seventh. Yeah, I I think that would be great. I think when I did the nation in 2018 with Fossi Audi and we got. 10th, I believe. 10th combined, yeah, is, and you were 8th in MX2, yep. Yeah, which I think was awesome. So I think that is a realistic good goal. I think we can be within there and we'd all be happy. Um, what is the best result that Canada's gotten, actually? It's a good question. Yeah, to be honest, <laughs> I didn't look, so I don't know the answer to that. Uh, that would be a question for Galdi if he's still listening. He could text it, or yeah, but I, I don't know. Whatever it is, we got to try and beat that. So. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that's a good goal. I like that. I know that would make Courtney happy. Uh, yeah, we're oh, Courtney just told. She's she's the best. I, I love Courtney, so I, I'm really excited for you guys. I'll yeah. be definitely pulling for you uh, right behind the U.S. So I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it's not that far off. So get you some rest. Get ready to get get back on the bike and start training, man, because it's coming. Yeah, yeah, you betcha. We'll uh, we'll see you guys there. Yeah, hey, one more. Uh, this isn't either or. Cheetos or Hawkins cheesies. Uh, Cheetos. <laughs> All right, good. Yeah, you know, Mathis just raved about cheesies, and I finally got some, and I was like, yeah, they're not that good. No. <laughs> Galt, Galt, he said the same thing, so it's yeah, Mathis is just an idiot. Clearly, he's an idiot. Hey, y- y'all need some ketchup chips. I heard that's a Canadian thing. You guys ever had ketchup chips? I have not no. eaten them, but I have seen them. Uh, I think that you can get them here, but they are not very popular, not like they are up there. Yeah, up here. We got that. We got good maple syrup and some poutine. So yeah, that's I'm, another good reason to come up to one of our rounds. I love maple syrup. I've never had poutine, so it's I'm going to make a trip. Yep. It's, like, right. gra- it's like gravy good. fries. It's- yeah, yeah, sounds awesome. Sounds fantastic. I'll make a trip. I'll have to text you if ever, ever happens. And yeah, come say hi. So um, hopefully, hopefully next season I'll be up there. All right. Sounds good, guys. All right, Jess. Thanks for your time, man. You have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, cheers. Thank All you. Right. See ya. That's Jess Pettis. Uh, yeah, that was he's a good time, man. I, I like him. He really. I watched him when he was riding Supercross. You know, I remember. Like, I guess it was twenty one in Houston. Like he was riding really well, and then 
yeah, they had a big crash. And like the guy's got so much talent, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, things just didn't go as planned in the U.S. It was kind of a bummer. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that they were on the same caliber of bikes as the U.S. guys are. Oh, really? Yeah, the factory guys. I knew that. You know, I thought that they would be close, but I didn't think that they'd be quite the same. Yeah, they might not be exact, but I think they're fairly close. Like yeah. KTM Canada is yeah. a pretty big deal. Now the the KTM's kind of look the same there as they do here, but to be honest with you, I I feel like the other brands' bikes uh, when I was watching them today, I uh-huh. I like the look of them. Better than I. I don't like the looks of most of our factory bikes. To be honest in, with in you, in what way? Uh, they're, what they're, don't you like? I mean, they're obviously the big. The I'm not. A, I'm not. The Red Bull KTM graphics look good, but for the most part, I'm not crazy about the 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 energy drink logos on the bikes. Okay, I don't. And I don't really like. I feel like the the matted look of the Star Yamaha is kind of okay. I like. I like more that old school glossy look, and the Star bike kind of has that more like matte look to it um i don't know i just want to I, I all i can tell you is that when i was watching i was like dang those bikes like they, they have a different look to them and i, I like the canadian the way they, bikes. yeah the canadian Di- bikes look good just the same as when we were uh who was it the gncc guy we had on a couple of weeks ago i can't remember his name now DeLong, craig DeLong. Was it DeLong? No, no. Ricky Russell. Ricky Russell, yeah. yeah. I thought his bike, like I, I mentioned it then my, too. My, my teammate, Ricky Russell. Yeah, yeah, your teammate, yeah. The, I, I don't D, say, D well, class why you rolling your class, eyes, man? Yeah. I, rode, I rode for Ampro and I'm riding for him again in, at Ironman. I, I don't understand why you're rolling your eyes at <laughs> Yeah, me. whatever you say, man. Yeah. I'll be on a factory, I'll be on Zach Osborne's bike. I am team Ampro. Yeah, and, and my bike is completely race taked out. I don't know what your problem is, but we got our next <laughs> guest on the line. He's going to be brought to you tonight by WUSA. W is your source for all things wheels. If you're looking for a complete set of wheels for your bike, we have something for every budget. If you want to use the same wheels used by Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb, Malcolm Stewart, Christian Craig, Chad Reed, and Jeremy McGrath, just name a few, we have what you need. Visit WUSA and use promo code MOTOXPOD to save. Tonight, WUSA brings us five-time Canadian champion, Ryder McNabb. What's up, Ryder? Hey, what's going on? Oh, not a lot, man. We're just uh, doing an all-Canadian show and learning that we don't know shit about Canada. Galdi made us feel stupid. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, he does that. Yeah, he's pretty good at that. I was using all these stupid yeah. slangs that I'd learned and talking about Labatt's Blue and Hawkins Cheesies, and he's, he just told me I was basically an idiot. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, Ryder, man, congrats on another championship. Um. Yeah. Two time. Two time. Two fifty champion. Um. Yeah. You said. You yeah. Said I said five, five time. <laughs> I was. I was thinking of Dylan Wright, who I've already talked to. I apologize for that. Two time. Two fifty champion. Take five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he may win five before it's all over. Uh, four overalls and never off the podium. Hell of a year, man. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, it was a solid year coming in. I didn't know if I was going to be a hundred percent, but. Uh, it ended up working pretty good, so pumped on the year and uh, excited to see what's next. Yeah, you came off a pretty serious broken leg earlier this year, right? Yeah, I broke a uh, broken tib-fib um, at the start of the year. Uh, I had to get surgery and stuff, but uh, we came back. So after coming back from that injury, were you were, what were your expectations going into the season? Were they tapered a little bit? Where you thought, well, it's going to take me a little while to build, or were you pretty confident that you could repeat? Um, honestly, it was. What I was I mean, I was feeling really, really good at the start of the year. So mm-hmm. we got like all my testing and stuff done on the new bike done, 
and I was feeling really comfortable. So um, I knew if I got a week or two in before the season, I knew I could get back because I tried to stay in as much um, or as good a shape as I could with upper body and everything like that. And uh, I knew if I could get one to two weeks on the bike before the season, I knew I was going to be knew I was going to be up there and just had to build on the first round. The first round wasn't, uh, wasn't, it was kind of a weird round. I mean, they built the track the night before, but, uh, yeah, Edmonton. it was, it was good. So it was just kind of being smart that weekend and then just to build from there. And then, I mean, once I knew I had the speed and everything like that, it kind of just was like, Hey, well now we just go to work and we keep, uh, building the points lead. And that's what we did. Went four rounds in a row and, um, and then kind of just, we put a front moose in my bike and I wasn't like a hundred percent comfortable with that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask, sorry, Scotty, I, I was going to ask if once you got those four wins, did you tell yourself, Hey, let's just maintain a little bit and not over, you know, push too far or did the other riders actually just start improving? Um, it was, uh, I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. I think um, Harrison definitely started going better at the uh, last couple of rounds, but um, yeah, I was definitely definitely playing it a little bit safe in my head. Um, didn't want to make make a stupid mistake or uh, something like that and end it right there. So yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, yeah. So out of those guys that you were kind of in the championship with, uh, you know, Nasky, Benoit, and Harrison, who who all had mo- uh, overall wins this season. Which one of those guys did you like maybe consider the most as your like your biggest threat? And like, if you were behind any of those guys during the moto, which which one would you least want to be battling with or be behind? Um, honestly, neither of them. I didn't want to get. I didn't want to get beat by anyone. But uh, I mean, if I if I had to pick one, it would probably be. Um, probably the guy that was closest to me in the championship is like, if I was behind him, I still got to go. Um, cause I don't want to lose any points. I just want to keep, keep it the same or keep gaining. So it would probably be in Natsuki at the end there. Cause he was the closest to me, but, um, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to beat all of them. Do you, do you feel like either any of one of those guys, like you, you, that you guys are kind of on a similar level, like, that any of those guys could have been the, you know, obviously, like I know Benoit had a, a round where he like had heat exhaustion and stuff like that. Do you that feel like any of those guys were they were kind of on an equal field that the, any one of them could have been second? Um, yeah, um, it was. I think, I think it would have been, I think it would have been pretty close and came down to maybe one of the last rounds if uh, Harrison didn't have the bike trouble and stuff in the first round because I mean, he came on strong at the end there. Um, so I think it could have came a little bit closer that way because he had, he went, he missed three motos off the start. So I mean, that kind of sucked for him, but, um, yeah, I think it made, maybe would have been a little bit closer or it would have been different, but, um, yeah. I've got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Kevin Benoit. Uh, he's like 34 years old. He'd been out of the series for, for about four years and came back and rode better than I would have expected, uh, you know, after being retired for a couple of years. I'm really impressed with that. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I definitely think, um, he surprised a lot of people, but like when I was, 
um, when I went and tested the bike for KTM and it was like, he was just getting back on the bike and I'm like, dude, this guy rips still. <laughs> yeah. And, um, my dad's like, no, he's no, nah, he's not going to be close to your speed or whatever. He's going to be a top, top five guy. And then sure enough, he comes out and shows everybody what's up. But I mean, that was cool. Yeah. Guys like that, they, they know how to race. Maybe they don't have the, the, balls out intensity speed all the time but they know how to race they're smart they've been through it and yeah they they don't you don't lose that so that was really impressive i do what you mentioned testing the bike for ktm you signed to ktm this season right early or right before the season started is that a big deal i I mean it is a big deal um yeah i signed with them um can't i can't remember exactly i think it was uh i think it was like the end of september or something last year um, getting ready to go down South. Um, and cause I was, we were, there was that thing with, uh, Phoenix Honda and stuff trying to get down to the States and then, uh, that didn't end up working out. So, um, I called up KTM and was like, Hey, do you want to, you want a 250 rider for next year? And they said, yeah, it's come on out, test the bike, see if you like it, everything like that. So I went out tested it and was like yeah good to go let's let's do it for next year um and then yeah we signed we took bikes home and pretty much headed to headed to the states from there um went to gps um rented a house uh stayed there for a couple months and then got to ride at like baker's factory and stuff for uh the photo shoot and i mean that was that was awesome an awesome experience for doing that yeah, what? How? What? You said is an awesome experience, but getting to come down here and, and uh, Lucas Myrtle's your agent, so you got to spend some time with the Lawrence brothers and just coming down here with a lot of these uh, American riders and different facilities. What did you learn? What What did you take away from that? Um, honestly, I mean, I've been to the Lawrence compound a couple times. I was doing like forties and stuff with Jet before he got into outdoor season and. Uh, I really like riding with him. He's got a really awesome style and looks, I mean, just flows really well on the bike. And I, I think you can learn a lot from him just even watching him. And then, uh, yeah, we got to watch the, the Baker's factory boys on supercross a little bit. They didn't get to ride with us this time because we were still pretty early in the supercross season, but, uh, yeah, it was cool watching them on uh, supercross for sure. Yeah. So, you know, you, we, in that U.S. trip, you got to do the the combine and stuff. Did did that go easier, or was it harder than you expected? And did do you feel like out of that and the whole trip that you got what you came here to do out of it? Um. Yeah, I did the combine at Redbud. Yeah. Um. It was. Did I say Iron Man. I think you didn't say. Okay. Go ahead. Um, I'm sorry, Ryder. It, it was good. Um. It. It was kind of a, I mean, we don't have, we don't have grates and they're super hard to find grates here. Like we had to get one from the guy that makes them for everyone. Um, and I, so I didn't get to do, I got to do, I did practice starts of the morning of Redbud, And so my starts were terrible on Friday, but, um, I felt like my speed was good. I felt like I could run with uh casey and them 
um, just needed to be better at starts. So now, now we got a great, now we're practicing that, um, getting ready for this nations right now. But yeah, we've been practicing, practicing starts on the great. And, uh, I feel like it's going pretty good. Um, it's just like, I mean, it's completely different than dirt and concrete. So right. it's just something to get used to. Yeah. I think overall, just again, finishing second behind a kid like Casey Cochran, who's used to the style of prep that happens in America and the, and the greats probably had some practice with it already. That's pretty good getting second because it's a very different environment coming to the United States and racing the way our tracks are set up and the size of the tracks and the, the prep and it, all that. It's just so different than what you're used to. seems like you adjusted pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, everything's different the way, the way everything's run, the intensity of the guys on the first few laps, which I mean, I've never, never really been great at that. My, I normally got more speed at the end, but, um, it's just another, another thing to get used to on top of everything else. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, I'm going to ask you what, about your 2024 plans here in a minute, and there might be some adjustments coming, but I want to stick with Canada just for a minute. Uh, I want to know how a guy like yourself and maybe the other Canadian riders feel when the Americans come up. Like this year, there weren't a lot. Mitchell Harrison was up there, and then Jimmy D came up for a little bit. You know, in years past, Phil Nicoletti, uh, Bogle was supposed to come. Does that bother you at all? Does it matter to you? Do you not really care? You're, just, you're there to race. It doesn't matter. Um. Yeah. Definitely. I. Uh, I. I mean, I like the competition and everything. Um. It. Uh, I like. I mean, I think it's better for me. I'm young. I'm 17. I think it's better for me to have the more the more guys, the better for me. Mm-hmm. Um. Like. Yeah. I mean, having. The, definitely more guys the better the more faster they are the better you're going to be so um i definitely think i uh i would rather have them come up and i think it'd be better for the sport too like our we don't have uh we don't have a lot of uh like good really really good upping like coming or we don't have a big group like we have five guys that are good but if we get a couple of americans in there um it makes it makes it a little bit deeper and uh it it makes it so you have to be good all the time and you can't have you can't have a bad race or a bad start or something like that which i think i improved on a lot this year was my starts like my starts were way better this year um and i think that's why i was more consistent like last year i I would get a third place start and then I'd get a 20th place start. So I think I improved on that a lot this year and I'm going to keep working on it and keep getting better. Yeah. I would say that's one of the key things when you come to the United States is there aren't really any slouches for the most part and a bad start will ruin your day. So uh, we've seen that a lot with certain riders. So yeah, that that's good. That's just what you're working on. And um, that's going to be a key, obviously when you get down here, uh, you got something, Scotty? Yeah. So, you know, we, we kind of asked, uh, Galdi a similar question when we had him on earlier about, you know, do you, do you feel like there's a, a pressure or an expectation to, to go compete with Dylan in the 450 class from the fans? And he said, that, he said that you really, that he didn't feel that, that you did, but do you, do you feel like there will, if you decide to come to the U.S. and not go move up to the 450 class, do you, do you feel like there will be any disappointment from the Canadian fans to see you maybe challenge Dylan or, you know, are you just looking forward to what's best for your career right now? Um, 
yeah, I mean, I'd love to, I mean, I'd love to go out there and try and run with Dylan. I mean, he's got, I think, what, four, yeah, four in a row right now at 450 class. Yep. So, I mean, I mean, it'd be cool to go out and try and run with him, but um, I definitely think I got to do what's best for me. I'm still pretty young, so I think I want, I mean, I want to go to the States so, and try and uh, improve and run with the top dogs there. Yeah, well, let's get into that then. 2024, I don't know what you can tell us. We know what the rumors are and... and um yeah, I don't know what contracts are looking like as of yet. What can you tell us about your 2024 season? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we're we just kind of trying to figure something out. I know Lucas and Jacob are working on something right now. Um, that's, as of right now, that's the uh, goal is getting or yeah, the goal is getting down there and racing, um, futures, um, for supercross. Cause I haven't had a lot of supercross experience. So right after designations, I'll be getting somewhere to work on supercross. Um, and then, uh, and then doing the full pro motocross, uh, series. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's right, right now, as of right now, that's the plan I'm um, doing going, to start training on Supercross uh, after designations, hopefully. That's great, man. We'll be glad to have you down here. That's one more talented rider, and it'd be cool to watch what you do. And, you know, some kids, some I say kids, kids guys your age, maybe do a full season of Futures, or some of them, like uh, Danger Boy, they, they step right up after the first round. So it's hard to say, I guess, depending on how you do. Whoops are going to be the biggest thing, I would imagine. Whoops are scary. Yeah, um, I've ridden a little bit of Supercross. <laughs> Um, just never had um, the proper or like stiff enough suspension for hitting whoops. So yeah. never got to really try. But I'm, I mean, last year down south, I, mean, I was really, really wanted to ride it. Um, KTM just because Jess got hurt a couple times um, while he was riding Supercross. They were like, no, we need you. We need you healthy for the year and we want you to win this year. So uh, they were like, no, we're we're not going to do Supercross this year, which I mean, kind of sucked because I did want to ride it and I did want to learn it. But uh, it is what it is. And uh, we'll get down this year and we'll uh, work hard at it and get my feet wet in it a little bit. Okay. Yeah, um, so is is there not really much? I figured with you know with harsh winters that you guys have, that I figured there'd be some kind of indoor scene of arena cross or something. Is there really not anything like that that you could have gotten your feet wet in younger in your career and up to the you know through the amateurs? Um, not like not really where I am. Like I know there's like arena cross in uh, like BC and stuff like that, but like that's like. 20 hours for me pretty much so and we're always we were always down south chasing loretta's and stuff on 85s and then i got that deal with um gdr and then it was um pretty much strictly uh canada pro okay let's wrap this thing up with some motocross nations talk you were named to the team uh again for 2023 you were on the team last year 
Uh, yeah, this is. I was telling everybody that I've talked to so far tonight on the show that I feel like this is one of the best motocross and nations teams for Team Canada. I really, I see you guys finishing inside the top ten. Just what are your thoughts on the team that you have going and what your chances are? Yeah, I mean, for sure, you're not wrong about that. Um, we definitely, I definitely think we got one of the one of the strongest um, teams we've had in a while. We're all coming in healthy so far. Um, and I think we all want to do, we all got the same goal. We all want to do good. So I think we're all going to put in a hundred percent and, uh, we're not going to leave anything on the table. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm super, super excited to go. Can't wait. Super pumped for, uh, Dylan and Jess and, uh, super thankful for Courtney putting it all together, sitting out there every weekend, selling shirts and making it all happen. So yeah, I'm super excited. Do you, do you feel like the uh, the track in France is going to be one that suits you well or hard packed? Hard packed. I, I know that y'all's stuff is kind of deeper. Is is that going to be something that you're going to transition well, or, or how do you feel about that? Um, I I haven't seen the track too too much. Um, I know it's hard packed, um, which I love. My home track here in uh, Minnesota is like one of the hardest dirt you will ever find. Um, so I do, I mean, I love ruts. It's probably my favorite type of dirt. So uh, I'm really excited to see how the track is, how they prepped it over there. And I think if it's ruddy and good, I think I'll do pretty good. It's pretty technical too, which I like. I don't like, ha- I don't like, like super high speed tracks. I'm more of a technical uh, kind of guy on a bike. I like uh, the tight corners and everything like that. So I think uh, they don't like it. Yeah, you you know if you got through that first round in Edmonton, I feel like you'll be you'll be all right. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Edmonton was uh, it was uh, it was pretty dry and hard, but um, it turned out pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ryder, it was great talking to you, getting to know you just a little bit, and look forward to seeing you in the states. You know, come two thousand twenty four, and good luck at Motocross Nations. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. Anytime, man. Take care, and we'll talk soon. Yep. All right. Bye. That was Ryder McNabb, two-time champion, not five-time. My bad. I got a got a little ahead <laughs> of like, myself. Wait a second. <laughs> yep. Got a little ahead of myself. But Ryder McNabb, uh, brought to you by WSA. So if you're listening in post, we're about well, or if you're on YouTube, we're about to play a pre-recorded interview with Dylan Wright. Um, I gotta get that thing queued up. But yeah, and then we'll come back. And Scotty and I, if you're on YouTube right now, Scotty and I will stay on, and we'll we'll chat with you guys in the YouTube comments. Uh, talk about something for a second while I can pull this audio up. Some, something yeah, for just, a second. SMX. SMX oh. is coming up. How you feel? Yeah, uh, there was some chat, some chatter in the chat room. There, They were talking about that they saw some footage of it and uh, mm-hmm. that it looks cool. I, I mean, you know, I am more excited about NFL kickoff this weekend. Oh, dude. Yeah. Because okay. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Cowboys guy. Niners Nation, baby. Yeah, Cowboys, you know, screw you know. Uh, you can say whatever you want. I mean, yeah, Cowboys are not. Us, your Cowboys won't us. make the playoffs, and the 49ers will. It's just the way it works. Oh, we will. We'll well, make you, the might, playoffs. you might make the playoffs. First we round. May not, uh, we may not beat y'all again. Y'all seem to be our kryptonite in the playoffs. The last two years has been this like the exact same game almost. They need to change the NFL script for anything. But anyways, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, but I, I think it's going to be cool. I'm, I'm excited to see how it I'm plays more out. excited today than I was last week. Like well, I'm, you're going to be there. Yeah, so. yeah, I leave Thursday morning. That's why one of the reasons we're doing a show on Tuesday night early mm-hmm. this week is because I've got some family stuff tomorrow night before I leave. 
Uh, before we get into, before I play the Dylan Wright interview, I want to remind you guys, MotoXPodShow at gmail.com is our email for any, uh, if you want to do your 60 picks or Pro X highs and lows or any comments, questions, anything like that. We love that stuff. And I don't know that I mentioned last week that Travis Del Nicky is the guy that won the outdoors for our fantasy league. So I got to get him a prize out. I still got to get Garrett Rockley's prize out. Those are going soon. But uh, Travis Del Nicky is a former, or I guess he's still a privateer. He, he races some pro supercross. And yeah, he won the league. And I think he won industry idiots too. So I don't know that he really even needs a prize because he probably won a bunch of money. But I guess he's going to get a prize. No. Yeah, you don't get nothing because you don't play. Yeah. 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 Okay, guys. Moving stay tuned. Uh, hang tight. <laughs> uh, if you're on YouTube, we're going to play Dylan Wright. We'll be back after that. Our next guest of the night is brought to you by Guts Racing. Andy Gregg and the Guts Racing crew have been providing the best seats and foam in the industry for years. For 2023, they've added Kawasaki to their complete seat lineup, as well as the color teal to their gripper material options available. All new for 2023 are options for your e-bikes. They have complete seats for the Talaria and the Super 73 and covers for the Segway and Suron, and they have options for the Honda, KTM, and Husqvarna electric bikes. So visit GutsRacing.com and get the seat covers used by Malcolm Stewart, Ken Roxon, and many more. Tonight, Guts Racing brings us the Canadian national champion, four-time national champion, Dylan Wright. What's up, Dylan Wright? How you doing, man? Yeah, man, pretty good. Can't complain. Uh, finally have a weekend off here, so um, <laughs> that's kind of nice, just kind of hanging out at home and uh, getting a few things done around the house. You know, the old uh, the old honey-do list gets a little big throughout the season, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I guess it does when you're busy all the time. Yeah, it, uh, you're, yeah you're newly married, right? Just had your one-year anniversary? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we had <laughs> one year, actually, on the day we were driving home from Ironman, so uh yeah one year into it and yeah like i said during the summer we so busy i don't like don't have time to do much around the house or nothing so right trying to get a few things done before uh you know start to get ready for nations i guess yeah that's all coming up and i want to talk about iron man but let's start with your your series five time champion right two or one 250 and four in a row in the 450 class dude are you getting bored <laughs> yeah. uh no not bored i mean obviously um the guys are we keep i feel like we almost keep stepping the level up a little bit like we all kind of get better every year and um i feel like it kind of shows now on like the international side of things but um i mean the guys up here you know obviously yeah i've been winning a bunch but um it hasn't been easy you know they keep me on my toes and gotta gotta work my butt off to try and uh keep winning you know yeah, your motocross of nations teammate Jess Pettis. He 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 won a couple motos and kept it close. So so last year you all the motos, every moto undefeated, but still all all the overalls. I think nineteen in a row now overalls. So yeah, it's been a pretty good few years for you. Yeah, honestly, the last well, really five years. I mean, five championships now have been have been awesome, and now it's it's honestly almost just as hard to kind of keep it going because your expectations are so high that you know losing losing sucks so you gotta you know you gotta keep like working harder and harder every time to you know because the expectations there to just win yeah and you're still pretty young you're 25 about to be 26 i believe yeah yeah exactly yeah so you've got a few good years left in you um and i think you just signed a a new three-year deal is that three years starting in 24 or was this 23 the first of the years uh, yeah, so it would have been, this would have, this counts as a uh, year. So it'd be like two more years left on the uh, yeah, contract with Honda. 
So have you, yeah, GDR Honda, uh, who also had, uh, Lars Van Berkel on the team for a little while. I want to ask you about that in a little bit. That guy was rad. Yeah, that guy's such a good dude. I mean, he came up from Southwick and just was going to race like the one national at Gopher. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up staying the week and then, uh, racing an extra weekend. And, um, but he was just, yeah, he was just a rad dude to have around the crew. He's just so fun to hang out with. It's so easy going and kind of just went with the flow. He was, uh, yeah, it was cool to kind of hang out and ride with him. Yeah. And they got a podium. I don't know how close he was to you, but I wonder if the team was like, Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah i mean it would go for the sand and he's obviously you know sure. beach racer so uh in the sand yeah he i mean it helped me out because i think i went one one on the day and he got in between a couple guys in the championship for points for me so when he said he was staying i was like all right yeah let's do it again <laughs> <laughs> i like it i like it yeah so tell me talk about the season you talked about guys getting closer we know that jess kind of made it you know made it tighter what were some moments where Maybe the bit you had the bit most adversity this season. I heard you. I know you had a big crash at Walton, I believe. I don't know how close that was to where you could have almost got injured. But what, yeah, what were the most adversity moments? Yeah, I would honestly say the start of the season just honestly was a little rough, like a um, little rough around the edges. Obviously, you know, I went down to Florida and trained uh, Jet Hunter and Burner and those guys. But the start of the season just almost felt rusty because I had my uh i had my two acls and meniscus and everything fixed in the off season so right after nations last year basically i was off the bike for like six ish months um so it was kind of like get back on the bike was riding and felt pretty good but then racing is always different so we're just kind of fighting the bike a bit and then in the preseason testing um we had a couple things that obviously didn't really go my way so we're struggling to like get some stuff figured out on the bikes right before the season. We had like a setback almost right as the bikes were kind of getting on the truck to go to, um, out West. And, uh, we we're just, I was a little like rusty and like with the racing side, just haven't raced in so long. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of, it was tough. I was making some uncharacteristic mistakes like early on and crashing and struggling a little bit. And then, but then we had about, I think the same amount of break as you guys did probably two weekend break, I think so like three weeks. And then, um, had some bunch of testing and stuff, um, throughout those weeks and just kind of got back to where I felt like I should be. And then the East coast went, uh, went quite a bit better. I was able to kind of ride like I, you know, know how to ride, I guess, or felt like, I mean, as a racer stuff, like you're winning, but then like, you don't feel like yourself on the weekend sometimes. So, um, for me, I was just happy to get back to where I was happy with the way I was riding and like finishing the motos. So um, the end of the season, I would say, was better, but the start, we struggled a little bit. Yeah, you talked about crashing a little bit and trying to get the bike <clears throat> figured out. Was was the physical part of just kind of getting back in race shape, dealing with the re- knee recovery? Again, you said you had double knee surgery, so dealing with that, was that more difficult than getting the bike comfortable, or um, or was it a little bit of both? I think, like, the fitness side, of, I've always been pretty good. Like, my trainer and I work well together for i mean since i was a teenager and mm-hmm. um the so the fitness i was pretty good like in florida um like when chance basically switched out of supercross to just ride outdoors right after day or right before daytona or right after daytona um basically like we we're doing motos and felt like my fitness was pretty good on the bike but i think it's just like you know when you get into that race scenario um and like, honestly, my bike setup didn't feel too bad. It's just when we were racing, you're just pushing 
an extra little bit, um, you know, maybe at the start of the races. And I was just, I was just pushing the front and I was just making some weird mistakes, almost like mentally too. I just had like a kind of like mental lapse where I just make a mistake and I'm like, that shouldn't have happened. Like, mm. um, but I mean, it's just kind of it happens sometimes, you know, you go through a little, little bit of struggle, but, um, yeah, we just worked through it and, you know, I worked, uh, worked pretty hard during the weeks to try and get everything, you know, back to normal. And, um, just sometimes it just takes time. I think you ask any of these guys and, you know, you take a lot of time off the bike and it just honestly just takes a little bit of time to get back to a hundred percent. And obviously racing helps because you're racing week in and week out and, um, you don't have those big gaps between gate drops cause you're weekend to weekend. So it all kind of comes quick and then, um, comes back pretty quick. So, yeah, well, clearly uh, you got all the overall. So I think you were fine. <laughs> didn't, didn't seem yeah. to be too bad. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't complain. I can't complain. Yeah. Done all, the, all the, all the overalls, but it was just a couple motos. I was just kind of frustrated with myself, but I mean, I think as a rider, you know, we always strive for perfection. And when, you know, when you have something that doesn't go your way, you're like, dang, I wish I would have changed something. Yeah, absolutely. I want to talk about the Canadian Sears a little bit. I've I've never had the chance to come up to one of those races. I think I'm going to try to do that next year. But the, what I hear about the the pits and just the environment is how much fun it is and how everybody really seems to get along. What do you feel the Canadian Nationals do better than the U.S. Nationals? Is there anything that stands out? Uh, yeah, like you said, I think um, obviously the industry. I mean, you you know as much as anything, our industry is not super big, uh, especially in Canada. And it almost takes it to another level where like, we're all buddies for the most part. Like we're just, you know, we just feel lucky that you know, we get paid to ride our dirt bikes and go have fun and race each other. And, you know, obviously, you know, you hit some guy on the track or whatever, and you know, you might not be friends for a couple of days, but we always <laughs> generally figure it out. But, um, yeah, I just think the almost the atmosphere is like more laid back where, you know, we're all, we're all having fun and um, obviously we care and want to win and we're doing everything we can. But I think a lot of the U S guys anyways, that come up would just say like, Hey, how much fun and like laid back our series is. Um, and I think it's good, but to a certain extent, like we, I, myself anyways, put, you know, blood, sweat and tears into this thing to win championships. So I take it very seriously on like the day of the race on race day. But, you know, after that, um, I think, you know, I think we're all able to kind of go to the restaurant and hang out after. I like that. Yeah, it's it's serious, but maybe not quite as serious. Because, yeah, it could be a little – the fun is kind of taken out of it sometimes at the races in the United States because everybody's so serious. It's like, dude, we're racing dirt bikes still. Like, it's still fun. Yeah, there's a lot of money on the yeah. line. I get it. But uh, just sometimes you, you almost feel like the riders forget what they're getting to do for a living. Yeah, and, like, sometimes in Canada, I mean, I speak for myself, but, like, and I, some guys in the U.S. are starting to do this, but like I, I'll bring my like camper and everything to the track and on the East Coast weekends, like the ones that are close enough for me to drive to from home or that kind of makes sense for me to drive to. Like I'll bring my camper and hang out and you know have a campfire. It's, <laughs> nice. it's almost like a you know it's almost like a chill kind of weekend, and then you take it obviously seriously on race day and get your work done. But um, I mean, I kind of just, I like having fun and hanging out with my friends at the, at the dirt bike track. Like, you know, we grew up doing for the most part. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I've got to get up there. I got to talk to Michael Lindsay and get him to let me come to one of the races next year. Yeah. You should either do like, obviously East coast, in my opinion, um, our facilities are, we got some really nice tracks and stuff. Um, so any of the East coast ones are pretty dialed in. Um, 
you know, I'm from the East Coast, so I favor sure. the East Coast a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'm going to work on that. I, I've told uh, Lars Van Verkel that I needed to do that because I think, well, he's going to try to come back to the U.S. next year, but we were just talking about it. It's like, yeah, I got to get up there. And he, he talked about how fun it is. So I'm going to make a point to do that. Um, my next question, you're probably not going to want to give me like a straight answer or an honest answer, but do you, with your records, do you feel like you're, you're obviously on the Mount Rushmore of Canadian riders. Do you feel like you're the best ever? Uh, I don't put myself as the best ever, just being honest. Like, Mm -hmm. um, just, I grew up idolizing a few Canadian guys like JSR or Colton Fasciotti. And, um, obviously I was teammates with Colton and he taught me a lot. Um, you know, at my younger years with the team, cause I've been with Honda. I think this was my seventh year with the team. So for the first three, I was with him and I still look up to those guys. So I wouldn't say it like, I wouldn't say it like that. Obviously, you know, with championships and wins and stuff, I'm getting up there. But, um, in my eyes, those guys are still kind of like my idol and I could idol in Canadian moto. Um, obviously, you know, that my, you know, Carmichael and those guys are my idol, like in the U S but we had those guys growing up where I watched them race. Um, and it's kind of like jet compared to like Ricky or something like that. Like jet still looks up to Ricky. And I feel like that's kind of the same thing here. And I don't think, as a racer, you ever get to the point where you're like, Oh, I think I'm better than them just because you grew up idolizing them as a kid. I think that's a fair answer. I'll accept that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I want to talk about coming to the United States. You came down for Bud's Creek and Ironman, and you've done that a few times over your career and none of your results were ever, I'm sure what you, what your abilities show uh, until Bud's, but Ironman was, or excuse me, until Ironman Bud's was a, a struggle and I believe you had a chain issue that took out an engine. Is that, I, I heard there was a picture, but I never saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Buds, buds definitely didn't go, um, <laughs> the way we wanted to, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah there's first moto I was running, I was just inside the top 10, maybe 10th ish. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my chain derailed and went through my cases and wrecked wrecked the engine wrecked the swing arm uh just caused a bunch of damage and like we're obviously like i'm pitted with hrc um like lars um obviously he's nice enough to let me kind of have a little home there to the side um but i mean i'm not robbing their part so we have a very limited amount of stuff that we bring to like you know a one-off race like that and i mean i just bring myself my mechanic my wife basically and you know we're our little team that's kind of getting things done and I mean, there's not a ton of time between the motos you would know, especially to like swap engines and swing arms and stuff. So we, it, we just didn't have time between motos to get that done. And basically, yeah, loaded up and drove home and tried again an Ironman. Um, but I mean, you know, you know, the way it goes, sometimes it's racing. It's just unlucky stuff happens. And yeah. I'm just thankful it didn't happen at a Canadian round. And, you know, I would have been out at whatever, how many points that is in the championship, 25 points. So I'll take it at a one-off race. Yeah, I like the staying positive thing. I know, I'm sure you wanted to have better results. And of course, at Ironman, you went eight, nine for eighth, which I think was really great. How important does it even matter to you, ego wise or whatever, coming down to the United States and wanting to put in good results? How important is that? I think it's really important for me, anyways. Um, you know, obviously in Canada, um, we do have our own series and I would do great up here. And um, yeah, I think it's important just because as a Canadian guy, um, you know, like Jeff came down as well, but as, you know, as a champion up here, you almost feel like the pressure of like, you need to go prove that 
our series and our country is like on the radar with, you know, some of the top guys in the world. So it's, and it's a lot of pressure, but at the same time, you don't feel the same pressure as like getting points. You just feel like you need to have something to prove speed wise. And like at Ironman, I think I, like I was happy with my speed. Obviously uh, I had come through the pack, both motos and the second moto, I was very frustrated just with, um, I was running right behind AC, I think fifth or sixth, and I was trying to make a pass on, on AC, but then I just hit a bump the wrong way, trying to switch out of a route and it tucked. And then I kind of got bucked sideways and went down and I was just kind of pissed off at myself because I <laughs> could have been a little bit more patient, but I was just kind of in the moment and like Anderson, I was trying to follow Anderson through cause he had some good lines and had a good pace. So I was trying to, you know, kind of latch onto him cause I really thought I could get a top five in that moto, which I would have pretty happy with but i mean yeah i say it quite a few times in this interview but it's kind of racing it happens and you know i just kind of pick myself up and see how far we could kind of make it up the make it up the standings and yeah i think eight nine was was on the day but i think with a good start in the first moto and not me having that mistake i think we could have been you know fifth six but it's uh sometimes that's the way she goes for sure yeah your your lap chart for moto one showed you 18th i think uh for the first lap, I don't know. You were probably maybe even farther back than that out of the gate. But, yeah, passing 10 guys and battling with those definitely showed your speed. You look good, so it's cool. I, I would love to see you down here more, which I know that's not in the plan right now. Have you considered it after this next deal's up? If you go win a couple more championships, would you like to come to the United States and try to do a full season? Yeah, I've always wanted to um, do the outdoor side of things. Supercross is a little bit of a stretch just because, I haven't done a ton of it. Like I do some of the one-off races like in Paris or um, like, I know I was supposed to do the world supercross in Vancouver and stuff like that. Like I'll do some of those, but doing the whole supercross series, like I would need like a full support of a, you know, a pretty decent sized team and everything to do it that way. But the outdoors um, or GPs or anything like that is like, I really intriguing to me and I will, I would love to be able to do them. Um, one day on, you know, factory equipment and have that chance. Cause it's always been kind of like a dream as a kid, but, um, I honestly can't complain with, you know, the setup and the bikes and everything that we've got up here. So it's kind of, you know, you kind of go where, um, kind of life takes you a little bit. And if that, op- if the right opportunity came up in the U S I'd obviously love to do it and race 12 rounds because we only do a couple one-off races. Um, in the u.s and um i've tried to do them as much as i can and it's just kind of it's tough jumping into you know this that series at the end of the year where these guys have been all been racing each other all year and like our tracks are totally different up here our tracks are quite like a lot smaller in terms like lap times are the same but it's a lot tighter and a little bit slower um of tracks so our setup's totally different so to be able to actually like focus on 12 rounds or 11 rounds of outdoors and focus on getting the bike set up for those tracks instead of up here i think i'd be able to do quite a bit better as well just by racing those conditions a little bit more and getting used to the racing down south i really think that i could do even better than where i'm at right now but honestly that would just you know take time and would take the opportunity to do it yeah yeah i could see that definitely just coming down for a couple and trying to get prepared is very difficult you talked about the difference in the track styles what about how it shapes up not I mean, with, first of all, just the prep. Do they prep differently? And then how does the ruts and the bumps ch- um, shape up differently? Is are they bigger? Or just space apart? Different? Just kind of talk about that. Yeah, like in Canada, um, tracks are a little bit tighter, so you have breaking bumps that start a little bit earlier, but they don't get as big. Whereas the U.S., they're a lot bigger and deeper, and the ruts are deeper. Just they tend to till the tracks a little bit more. 
um, than we do. Um, but I don't know about you, but this year, like, anyways, the two rounds that I did, it was different track prep than what I had raced the U.S. in the past. Like, I don't know if that's like a new thing they were trying to do this year, but it almost felt to me like they weren't ripping it as deep and they were kind of leaving like the hard surface on the bottom. That's my opinion on the last two tracks. I haven't obviously I watch on TV, but it's hard to tell, but I honestly thought they haven't ripped it as deep and it was a little bit more than to what maybe we're used to up here. But honestly, just like the, the depth of the ruts and the bumps and everything, you know, we don't get as much of that up here. It's more, um, it's a little bit just slower. The tracks are tighter, so you don't get as big of like those long, deep ruts with like big holes and bumps and them type of deal. Yeah, I did hear from a number of riders at different times throughout the season that it was there was a hard base under where they ripped it. They weren't ripping it as deep. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of yeah, hard to say. I remember in the, I remember in the past like being able to at least run a paddle all the way till after about the first moto and then switch into like a regular tire. But like this year at buds and iron man, like I went out for first practice and I came back and I was like, take that thing off. Like we don't, we don't, we don't really need it anymore. Like it's already down to the base and it's too slippery to use it. And I know some guys were still sticking with the paddle, but like in, in my opinion, I was like, we don't even need that thing. Like they, the track wasn't ripped as deep and it always had that like really hard base. I don't know if they're trying to make like better racing with the track like that or not, but I, I felt like they've been, well, those two tracks were prepped different from when I had raced them in the past. Yeah, I've heard again. I've heard that over the last couple of years, they've been prepping them a little different. I do think they're trying to get rid of the slot car thing, and they're just yeah. Each track is trying to figure it out. And I think each track has their own person doing the prep, so it it definitely varies. But I thought Buds looked good from a distance, and uh, and like I, watching Buds, that was my first time there. I just thought I'd like to. I would enjoy riding that track. It looked like a lot of fun. Iron Man kind of scares me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Buds is sick just with the hills. Everything's pretty natural, so it's kind of it flows very good. Like up and down the hills, um, it's like pretty natural. Or yeah, Iron Man's a little bit more like kind of man-made, and there's you know some. Um, I wouldn't even say like the peakier obstacles. Like everything's pretty peaked up at Iron Man. They yep. make everything pretty steep. But so is but like a few of the jumps at Buds. I was like walking the track on Friday, I guess, and I was like, damn, these things are pretty <laughs> steep. But like from Buds, from like what I remember racing because I even raced like some uh loretta lynn stuff there when i was a kid and i was like i don't remember this stuff being this deep but uh but yeah it's a fun track to ride like it just flows super well yeah definitely i'll be back at iron man for the gncc here in a couple months but yeah i don't i don't know that i'll ever get a chance to ride the moto track who knows I, I i'd like to do that that'd be something that'd be cool to go around and get a chance to ride each track but yeah I'm, i don't know i'm just i'm scared of that, yeah, like, the, that the, the big godzilla one i'm out man yeah, but God, yeah, but Godzilla was big this year, and my like it was way bigger when I raced it the first year on a two DF, like maybe seven years ago. It was like a big double, whereas now it was like it was pretty mellow, to be honest. You'd be good, you'd be all right. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know. You you never see me ride. You'd have to see me ride first. You, I know you've heard stories. So yeah. that's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know. Those big. You know, I'm getting old too. So the bigger the bigger the hucks, I'm kind of backing it down. Yeah, yeah. No, I guess maybe that'll come with time. I'm still young and just just the right amount of dumb. I guess. Yeah, know? right. You're still sending it. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about motocross nations. You were. Uh, voted into the team or picked on the team along with Jess Pettis and uh, Ryder McNabb, who it's a very talented Canadian team. I, I always get excited for Team Canada. 
over the last few years, I've just, I'm always excited to see you guys because it's just a fun group. I like to come to the truck and hang out. And Courtney Lloyd, of course, was team manager a few different times. And it's just always a fun atmosphere with you guys. I'm really excited to see what you guys get to do this season or this year in Renee. How do you feel about it? I feel really good, to be honest. I think um, we have a great team going. Um, I, Courtney is obviously running it again, so we'll have a, we have a really good program with, so she did a bunch of fundraising. I think, so we have some funding behind it and it's going to be pretty legit of a program. So I'm really looking forward to it. And obviously, you know, when we go overseas, it's always fun. I did a bunch of GPs and stuff. So it's always, I'm excited for that. When I get to go see a bunch of my friends that I only really see once a year at, at this nation. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice to see a bunch of those guys. And then uh, of course, you know, it helps when um, the three riders, the three best riders this year are going um, and are able to go and aren't injured. And, um, you know, with teams and everything, I know the U S is kind of a gong show right now, but we have our like in points. If you look at points and riding this year, the three best guys going. So um, I think we have a good shot of doing well. And we just, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I obviously pride myself and, you know, you kind of got the country riding on it and um, <laughs> it's just a fun race and just enjoy going to going to ride my dirt bike. And I think, France is one of the pretty big ones with big fans, like a big crowd and everybody there. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be one for the books. I would imagine. Yeah. I think it's going to be really exciting. We were talking about going and now Michael, Lindsay and I are both going to stay home. I think ML has a test to do and it's just so much travel and I'm going to Steve's ride day in Millville, like the week after I just, I don't know that I want to fly home on Monday or Tuesday and then turn around and drive (laughs) straight to Millville and try to get my work done. So I decided to stay yeah, here. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, but I yeah, you might you might regret. It. I hear that the one in France that Erne I've heard is like one for the books every yeah. year. There's a ton. It's wild and fans are gnarly. I guarantee you, I'm going to yeah. I guarantee you, I'm going to regret it. Like once I hear all the stories, <laughs> I'm going to be really bummed out. But I bet if I went, I'd yeah. be dead tired. And so. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say your your mental mental game would be beat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you feel about hard pack tracks? Are you pretty good there uh, on that type of condition? Because I hear, or I guess our is very hard packed. Yeah, it's like I've watched a bunch of video. I've never had the chance to ride there, but I watched some video, and yeah, she's pretty hard packed and hilly. Um, but yeah, I think we'll be okay. We have some tracks up here that are pretty hard packed, so I've been trying to kind of stick to those now that uh, all the other racing's kind of done and just trying to get some practice and get good bike set up for there. Um, it's just the hills. We don't have really hills like that um here to practice so mm-hmm. just to get used to that but i think i think we'll be good you know we what's nice about nations is we get about 40 minute practice in the morning so like you get to learn the track and actually do your get good bike setup and everything down while we're there and courtney actually rented a track that's not too far from there that we can go practice i think on tuesday so we'll be able to ride a little bit before the race as well which is kind of nice over there and make sure because we got to run different fuel and a few things. So um, it's kind of nice. We'll get to ride and make sure everything's good to go. And I'm looking forward to it. I think we got a good team and I think uh, we'll hopefully be able to turn some heads. I hope so. I'm looking forward to watching you guys. Uh, I'm going to wrap this thing up with just a couple more questions. Um, Let's, let's just go with this. This is something I've been asking guys the last few weeks on my show, just kind of to close out. Why do we race? Uh, (laughs) there's too many reasons really i mean um for our mental sanity probably i think a lot of us if we didn't race and have that to focus on we'd all go nuts 
So uh, I'm going to put that there as number one. And I, I personally race just because I love it. Like I love riding my dirt bike. And, you know, even though our series is over, I still go to the practice track and go work on stuff and try and get better. It's just, I think we're addicted. So we just, it's like a, it's like a drug. We just can't get enough. That's pretty accurate. I, I feel you. Um, yeah, last thing, I guess, how much time will you get off before MXDN? I know you're going to be riding some, but are you going to get to do anything fun? You get a little vacation with the wife, anything cool? Yeah. So we're actually, I leave on Sunday, whatever today. Yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> I leave tomorrow for, uh, going on our honeymoon. Cause obviously, you know, we talked that we've been married for a year, but I haven't had time just after, you know, we got married and then I had to get ready for nations last year and then surgery. And then I had to get back on the bike and race. Um, so we finally have a little break right now. So take my wife on a go on our honeymoon that we haven't had time to do. We're going to Greece for 10 days. Um, so we'll go relax a little bit and then, um, yeah, get back to, get back to work when we get back until nation. So a little bit of break here, but, um, yeah, I think it'll be good for the body. We've been, I've been going pretty hard since, uh, since February. So it'd be nice to have a little break here as before nations and get rested up and then back at it, hammer down. Awesome, man. Well, congratulations on an amazing season, an amazing career so far. And yeah, good luck at MXDN. It's been a lot of fun talking to you. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, having me on the podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, thanks for being a, thanks for cheering for Team Canada. Anyways, obviously you have the other, you know, the other guys on and uh, yeah, I think people should, uh, people should get excited. I think we're going to do, we're going to do well and uh, yeah, just keep grinding. That's, that's the way she goes. Anytime, man. Yeah, I'm always a fan of Team Canada. Love you guys. Really uh, pulling for you to do well, and we'll talk again soon, man. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. No, thank you. All right, talk to you later, Dylan. Cheers. All right, see you, buddy. That's Dylan Wright, brought to you by Guts Racing Tonight. It's always fun having the Team Canada guys on every year right before MXDN and giving our Moto brothers up north a little support and a little time on the show, a little love. They're, uh, they're great riders. Tons of fun to watch a Canadian series. That It just seems like a really, really fun time to go to, and I do want to get up there. I mean that. All right, guys, now it's time to get back to the live show. Okay, we are back, and we're going to roll right into our Luxon MXGP of Turkey. Scotty, I hope you're up to date with what happened in Turkey. What? What? Like the sandwich? Yes, turkey sandwich. Okay. Yep, yep. When it comes to triple clamps, suspension, and chassis parts, there's no comparison. Luxon MX makes the best parts you can buy. Luxon's advanced engineering background and techniques allow them to develop products that are unlike the rest, lighter and stronger, with optimized stiffness to enhance your riding comfort and precision. And Luxon products are designed, engineered, and made in the USA. Check them out online at www.luxonmx.com. All orders of $100 or more ship free within the continental U.S., and you can save 10% on all their products with promo code MOTOXPOD. Now, if you were on the chat with us and during that, con- that interview with Dylan Wright and everybody was talking crap about me reading promos perfectly, wrote that, read that one pretty well. No mistakes. Oh, I, didn't even, I didn't even pay attention. Nobody was paying attention. <laughs> That's great. Luxon MXGP review of Turkey. I really only got a couple points I want to t- touch on. Um, guys are really overall... My guy finally got a win overall. Mm-hmm. I sort of made a joke with ML earlier. He said I was going to use it for social scoop on uh, an Instagram post that I was sharing that, you know, guys are one and, oh, don't tell me this championship's over. Kind of being sarcastic because obviously it's it's over. 
but he thought people might think I was being serious and <laughs> that I just didn't know what the hell I was talking about because the joke didn't translate. But damn it, guys are one. I was stoked. I like the track though. I, I from TV, it looked like fun. I mean, I see. I say that about three or four of the tracks so far over there. Yeah, that one looked fun to me. I don't know. It was kind of cool to to see like a like giant towers in the background of a motocross. Track. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. pretty like a rare scene. You don't see that very often. So to see like a populated area inside like a motocross track inside of that almost that was kind of cool. But uh, I thought it was cool to see. I didn't watch in grave detail, but I thought it was cool to see a lot of the big names back. Um, I know in the in the in race two, Hurlings, I saw him. He kind of got like knocked off the track. Okay, you didn't see that? No, I, I guess I missed that. Yeah, he yeah he go back and watch the broadcast. He he gets. I was watching him and he like they don't. Even, I didn't even think the broadcast caught it. I just happened to like was be focused on him on the start, and I saw that he like. He didn't get a good jump. He went inside, and then he was outside on the next one. And coming out of that corner, he kind of went off the track, and then he had to like work his way back up. So, but you know, it was cool to see all those guys in there. And and uh, you said that the championship's basically over, but it can't can't uh, Febra still technically catch him? Because they were talking about on the on the thing like they're like, oh, it's valuable day for points for Febra. So it would take a lot. I, I, I like Prado had a pretty bad day. And, you know, obviously it tightened up a little bit, but, um, yeah, I think it's very, very unlikely. I, I, I don't, if, unless something catastrophic happens to Prado, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm looking, yeah, Hurlings wasn't even there. I didn't think he was there. Yeah, Hurlings wasn't even there. So I don't know. This is sort of like I, a Canadian I review. I never know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was like, I, could, I, thought, I was wondering I if I missed back. something. No, no, I didn't think. Yeah, I didn't think he was there. But I was like, did I miss something? Did they replay CBS Sports? Screwed me. I think. Do you I think, think you they, watched the whole? So did, you don't even remember because you know. didn't remember guys are winning either. We talked about that earlier. No, I saw guys are win. I thought you. Okay. So no, you, I thought Prado won the first moto. I don't. That's know. That's where you. Yeah, you were confused. Dude, I you I, must have watched. I went into the Matrix or something. Be dude, great Luxon NXT. Well, I don't know what I watched. Yeah, so Geyser wins. Prado's still leading. I think Prado is, uh, I don't remember exactly what the points lead is. It's pretty significant. I don't, yeah, it's not, Favre's not going to win this championship. It's, Prado just has to stay safe and be smart. There was some really good racing, though. There were some great battles in the 250 class, or the MX2 class, as always. Adamo and Ligenfelder had really good, like, first motos and then struggled in moto two. Just, it's just really great racing, right? Um, yeah, like Adamo's up by 48 points. And Everett's wins his second race in a row, his second overall in a row. So I, Liam Everett, as I've said before, is really coming on strong in that series. So I'm, I'm already kind of looking forward to 2024. Uh, you know, there were some, you know, Lucas Conan got hurt. I think he had some shoulder issues and didn't finish. So there were some negatives, but just as always, great racing. And then some guys like Renault and Seaware had bad motos, which is really weird just seeing them so far back. But it was just kind of really inconsistency, as we've seen throughout a lot of the rounds with certain riders. But really, my highlight is guys are getting the overall. That was big for me. I think it's big for him, his confidence, and kind of building back into 2024 as he's coming back from that injury. Yeah, it was because it, it was like an exact year since he won his last race at that place. So that was, that was kind of cool to see. Yeah, again, MXGP is just a lot of fun to watch. I wish, like, the time difference kind of makes it messed up because I get up Sunday morning and it's already over. But it's it's I usually just I have to find time to watch it. It's usually not till Monday before I get to watch it. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just think that track looked like a lot of fun. I feel like I could go there and ride that track and not end up in a hospital, Michael Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, they were just really ripping into me in the YouTube chat during yeah. that last Dylan Wright interview. Yeah, well, I was, you, I was you getting, didn't. You didn't. I was talk, getting bullied a little bit. You didn't talk any crap about anybody. No, else. I no, would never. Yeah, you would never. I would that. never. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sport and Wood was hating on me, and I mean, my, I'm kind of. He wasn't even really hating on you. It's kind of like you know, I, sports I always make, sports always got my back. I always make fun of you for crying, and I kind of almost cried. I mean, yeah. had he been you talking to you? Like. Had he been talking to you on YouTube like that? You had been full in tears. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Terrible. He, sports got sports got my back though. Yeah, he was he was hating a little bit, and then ML, you know, I mean, my ML is my manager, and I I don't know that it's appropriate for him to be making fun of me on social media. He's supposed to be my superior, and he's just degrading himself by making fun of me. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I, I've got to re- write a written report to HR after this show. The, the biggest thing I got out of the whole chat thing was uh, we, trying to get ML to. To buy the 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 World WSX series, he I mean he already had a race team, so we learned from those mistakes. Yeah, and how'd gonna, that go? Yeah, we learned, and we're gonna we're gonna buy a series. You and I are gonna be the announcers, and we're gonna we're gonna make things happen. <laughs> I, I want nothing to do with <laughs> that. I'm out. Okay, Motul Motul emails founded in 1853. Motul is a one 100- were founded in 1853. Huh? I'm just I'm What'd sorry. you say? I said emails were founded in 1853. No, or? Motul was founded in 1853. Oh. The Motul emails, yes, they were founded <laughs> in 1853. Motul is a 170-year-old company that is present in over 160 countries. For decades, Motul has developed high-performance synthetic ester-based lubricants by selecting esters over other high-performance synthetic-based stocks and combining them with an innovative... I quit. You didn't even. You didn't even mess up. I did. I said innovative. Tit. I, I screwed it up. I, I didn't even notice. Just you keep know going. What, you, innovative you, additive package. Motul has created a perfect synergy. This most advanced ester core technology allows the maximum power output of the engine without comprom. Comp- comp- oh, we're gonna lose them as a sponsor. <laughs> I can't even say. Sorry, it. Motul. We love you guys. <laughs> Compromising reliability. Where next show you do all the sponsor reads. Okay, we're lining that up right now. You, you always say that. You're doing all of them. You can find this in the entire Motul, week, so. the next show that we do here. Okay. The entire Motul Power Sports product lineup at their online website, shopmotul.com, and use code VITAL20 to receive 20% off your order of $50 more, or go to your local dealership and ask for Motul products. Motul email this week. Uh, this comes from John. What is your biggest pet peeve? Uh, do you have one that stands out? Because I've got my list. You go first. Yeah, so I went with bad grammar. Is it people asking how old people are? Driving too slow. I'll add people asking (laughs) about how old everybody is. And then I said, just about anything requiring me to have patience. Those are my pet peeves. Yeah. um, Wow, it kind of puts me on the spot. I don't really... People making fun of me and making me sad. And then I would have read those perfectly if they hadn't made fun of me. Yeah. um, My biggest pet peeve is just people... Just ignorance. People just being like, so you're always upset with TJ. Not <laughs> me and TJ, all right. But uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, that that was. I'm really trying to like work Nothing. on not getting bothered by little things. Oh, wow. Like working on my anger issues. Aren't you a good person? I'm trying. Look at to you be. trying to be better. I'm trying to improve myself. But uh, yeah, it's I don't know. Like people doing. And I can't say anything because I've done some dumb stuff driving. But people, people, yeah, people driving bad, or just like people like not respecting other people. I've had this rant before. When it, and I'm getting, I'm already getting fired up. <laughs> when you drive in the left hand lane, 
You go 55 miles an hour. Or you go the same speed as the person in the right-hand yeah. lane that's side-by-side side with you, and you just won't freaking pass him. Yeah. And I've on the interstate, it, nothing I, that I can think of <laughs> stresses me out or pisses me off more than a trucker trying to pass another trucker at a half-mile-an-hour faster than yeah, the other trucker. Yeah, I know. It's like, dude, just... And there's just, 20 fucking like, cars behind you, yeah. and neither one of you will lift. Move over! <laughs> Get out of the way. God, it makes me mad. Yeah, you're about to drive all the way to Charlotte, too. I'm sure that won't happen at all. Yeah, I, when I get there and there's the bikes in pieces, because I, uh, I mean, I made it to California a couple times, so Charlotte shouldn't be a problem. It, I'll I'll lose my temper at least five <laughs> times. Yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. There yeah. you go. Uh, there's some pet peeves. X-Brand has quietly grown into one of the premier goggle choices available, using some of the most grueling conditions by the GNCC XC2 champion Lyndon Snodgrass, ATV Pro Champion Bryson Neal, Craig DeLong, Josh Strang, Grant Baylor, many others. X-Brand Goggles. Visit xbrand.com for all the colorways and different styles. They have the EKSS, the Lucid, the new Lucid, also used by some riders that might be named Hunter Lawrence with a different strap. And they might have just won a championship with that goggle. That is a uh, pretty awesome X-Brand Lucid. They, they're some of the best goggles I've ever worn in my life. What you gonna, what you I was going to say, how how come they can't like put like a tiny X brand thing on there? Like you'd have to ask the people that write the contracts. I don't know because like probably Alpenstar doesn't want that. Well, you think the X brand would have got gotten something out of that? I mean, they got paid. Well, I know, but like they can't get like a little just tiny little X on there. <laughs> nope, apparently not. No. Uh, okay, so the X brand forum check in this week's question. I noticed this earlier. It is. The topic is by Gator724. Is Webb racing super motocross? I can't even say that. What, what is going on? You didn't say anything wrong. I did. No, Maybe you, I'm here. You just shined light Maybe, to problems think, that don't even really exist. You're right. I think I'm just... Because like, you'll do something and you'll be like... It is in my head, dude. You'll be like, I'm, I'm, I messed this up. And then I'll be like, dude, like nobody would have noticed okay. until you said something. Is Webb racing super motocross... If so, when does he announce his bike? Um, yeah, the the list came out today. Check out Vital MX for that. But he is racing. He will be on Star Yamaha, mm-hmm. and it's exciting. Um, yeah, a couple other people uh, commented on it, but really, that's I just yeah, that's a big deal. I think Webb coming back on Star that's going to be pretty cool. I don't, you know, who, I think he's going to do well. I, yeah. It, will there be a big adjustment period? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he goes out yeah. and, well, you have to hear my Would, do you, you have to hear my 60 picks, but I think he's going to do very well in that Star Yamaha at opening round. I I think that he will mesh very well with the Star, the Star bike. I think he's going to go back. I mean, he, he, he grew up on that team. You know, he won his... He won his uh, lights championships on that team, yep. so I think he's gonna. I think he. I think his uh, attitude and Bobby Reagan's mesh very well. I think the team is gonna f- mesh well with him, and I think he's gonna be very well adapted to these style of tracks. I think he does good in Supercross, and I think he's gonna adapt well to a new style of track. I think he's gonna find ways to uh, excel in that. And so, you know, the question I was gonna ask you, but I'll go ahead and say is like I. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm not going to say he's going to go out and like dominate and win, but I, I I think that he'll be in the mix more than people may expect him to be. Mm -hmm. So that's how my take on it. When we get to our 60 picks, you'll, you'll hear exactly how I feel about Cooper Webb going into Charlotte. Before we do that, we're going to do our procs highs and lows 
rooted in racing from motocross to off-road, supporting teams like Pro Circuit Kawasaki, my team, and Pro Yamaha, <laughs> and SLR Honda. Prox has been dedicated to supplying quality components since 1975. From complex jobs like an engine rebuild to simple maintenance like filters, chains, and sprockets, Prox aims to bridge the gap between OE quality and affordability. Find Prox at your local dealer or online retailer. Visit prox-usa.com to search parts for your bike and follow Prox Racing Parts on social media. Prox highs and lows. Do you have yours ready to go? Nope. Nope. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, my highs are Tim Geyser winning overall and Triumph coming to fruition finally. We've seen the bike. I honestly, seeing the bike, okay, that's cool. But them coming to the sport, that's my high right now. Just another OEM, as we talked about earlier. Really excited about that. Uh, really happy for that. And then my lows, Lucas Coonan getting hurt. Uh, did, did not finish, did not start. That was That sucked. That kid was having a good season. And I don't know the extent of his injury. Uh, I know he, his shoulder looked like it might have been have, have some might have had some issues. Haven't heard any updates, but I hope he's okay and and back for the next one. So those are mine. What you got? Yeah, man, I really don't have don't have lot. any. Um, well, I guess I'm my, gonna, hey, can I add a low to my my, my lows would be that Hurley's wasn't racing and I thought he was. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a pretty big. Suck. That's a low. <laughs> I I did I I it's funny. I, well, when you said it, I was like. Did I miss something? Like, there's no way I missed that. What's funny is I made that mistake, <laughs> and, I've, and I've and I've been completely sober for over well over almost two weeks now, and so. Whoa! Wait a minute. Do we have, do we need to drug test you before the show? What are we I, talking about? No, I was like, I've just been I've been sober. So okay, from everything from uh, and I still have just thought I was mis- thought I was seeing <laughs> hurlings out there. So who's, who, that's my low, I guess. Oh, okay. And my high that's was that I, my high was that I wasn't high, I guess. <laughs> All right, moving Just on. Kidding. <laughs> Six D picks for Charlotte Super Motocross Round One since its inception almost twelve years ago. Sixty helmets has been dedicated to the relentless pursuit of brain protection. From the original ATR One to its successor, the ATR Two, the goal is to develop a revolutionary design concept utilizing creative, forward-thinking technology that would change the market and improve the safety capabilities of the sports helmets. The helmet is the most important piece of protection equipment you will purchase. So visit 6dhelmets.com or go to your local dealership and ask for 6D. Try them on. I promise you will not be disappointed. 6D picks for Charlotte. Do you want to give me your podium for the 450 class? Uh, I'm going to go uh, Jet, Chase, Cooper. Okay. Swap first and second. That's my picks. I went Sexton, Jet, Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb. Cooper Webb well, wait, will, will Roxon be there? No. Nope. He won't? No. Nope. Okay. I don't believe he's racing that, no. Okay, then, yeah. That's my picks. Um. Yeah, I don't... Uh, Maybe Anderson in the see, I think third was, spot? See, I would have went with... Uh, Adam was one of my thoughts with... with could he do well? Will he yeah. do well? I do think he's getting better. Well, throughout what the about album. what about who do you, who do we think will make it in? That's like has to go through the LCQ. That I like, yeah, I don't have the list in front of me, so yeah. I don't really know. Um, me neither. Yeah, it, it, we should talk about <laughs> that, or we should have had ML on because he he posted the list have, today. No, yeah, yeah, he posted the list today, and I don't remember. Um, talk about who talk about two fifties. Who you think is going to do well? I'll pull up the list. Um, who do you, you got for two fifties, man? I really want I really want Fortner to be able to build some momentum 
Mm-hmm. You know, he was doing he was doing well, and then he had that crash at Iron Man, but I think he didn't get hurt from it, so I think it'll be all right. I want to see Fortner do good. Um, I think that I mean, obviously, Hunter's the guy to beat. I I don't see him really getting beat. I'm curious to see Hunter's effort level. How serious is he really taking this? I mean, I think that that kind of this opportunity is great for him to kind of crown himself the guy going uh-huh. into the 450s. So I'll, I'll be serious or, or curious to see how uh, how hard he pushes and how well he goes. You know, we know Hayden's going to send it. Um, I think he's going to be one to watch, obviously. But, I mean, the 250 class has been stacked all year, and it's going to be stacked in this, and I think it's going to be great racing. So I'm going to say Hayden wins it, this, the SMX series part. You like, think he, I think he wins? He, yep, I think he does. I'm going to say Hayden. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay, the points factor into it still, right? Though, like, yeah. So I, I probably probably should check that out before too much. But no, I think I think Hayden's the guy that I'm going to go with. Is I, I, as far as like getting overalls, I think he. I, I, I'm going to say he wins Charlotte. Yeah, I don't think he gets off the podium. That's going to be my picks. Uh, 450 LCQ guys, Are you ready? Phil Nicoletti, Kevin Morans, Justin Starling, Josh Cartwright, Jerry Robin, Jeremy Hand, Bryce Shelley, Jace Kessler, Max Miller, Devin Simonson. So yeah, Phil is Nicoletti. Phil going for the two fifties or four fifties? He's in for the four fifties, but I bet he'll ride two fifty in that. Actually, that's probably a good point. Let's see where he's at. If he's even, um, wow, yeah, we should have looked into this a little bit more. <laughs> oh well, we don't get um, it. Yeah, get I don't even see him on the list. So don't see him on the two fifty list at all. Which so yeah, I'm. I, yeah, we're 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 Mo- just uneducated. Moving on. We're uneducated. But um Kevin Moran, Justin Starling, those are the guys that I, I see doing well in in the four fifty LCQ and then the two fifty LCQ we got Blows, DK, Cullen Park, Austin Forkner, Cody Shock, Josh Varese, Yoder. Uh yeah, so I think of those guys, Forkner's yeah. probably the favorite. Um, Cullen's Cullen was riding really well, so maybe Cullen. Yeah. So the, so they do they do a raise and that puts them last they have to do it every single round, right? They have to. Yeah. He has to qualify. Yeah, yeah. So even if he goes, let's say he 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 qualifies and and he wins, that doesn't give him enough points to automatically be into the next one. That's kind of. We should have really talked about this SMX well, questions and gotten ML on for this because he's definitely more up to date on all this. He, I think he did the press conference they had today, and yeah, yeah. He, he'd have more. Kind of just. I'm just this kinda, whole thing is confusing a little yeah. bit going into this first one, so I think we're learning as we're going. We just straighten us out first first round. Well, we'll probably get straightened out by ML here in a little bit. He'll probably be like, hey, "Listen, you two idiots! <laughs> you idiots! Yeah, you idiots. bunch of idiots! <laughs> bunch of hosers!" He's he just did the chat emoji of uh, the. Well, there you go. So perfect. We're 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 making him proud. I love it. You know what? I feel hey, like it's time to wrap this damn show yeah. up. I want to thank all of our sponsors, our presenting sponsors, Race Tech and Boyson, as well as Prox, X-Brand, Guts Racing, FXR, 60, Luxon, Motul, WUSA. I want to thank Galdi for coming on, Jess, Jess Pettis, Dylan Wright, Ryder McNabb. For anybody that listening, that listening that thinks we're a bunch of idiots tonight, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week's show is a little in question. We're trying to figure that out. I'll be at Club MX. Uh, actually, Wednesday night. Yes, uh, might be traveling Wednesday night. So we got to figure that out. We haven't really talked about how we're going to do next week. Might do some pre-recording. Email said he just tried to call. Yeah, my phone's. Um, all right. Well, let's see. I, it's on. Do not disturb because I'm doing a show. Let's see if we can get him on. Uh, hang tight, everybody. Hold on. One yeah, minute. yeah. Michael Lindsay tonight. We'll have him brought to you by FXR. 
Uh, I believe Michael's on the phone. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck. I, I'm about to shut this off and go, oh, listen to the MXGP pod. Jesus, you two are killing me tonight. <laughs> Why? Ken Roxon is racing. There is an entry list on our website that's been there all day. The entry list is precise. It's not suggestions. Ken Roxon, eighth. Yeah, you could have told me that. Uh, I was relying off of you on that one. Man, sorry. Can I, okay, then I I'm going to the- change my, th- my, my, uh, <laughs> Picks to my SD picks to rocks and third. Okay, so all right, uh, ML. Anything else you got? You have to say tonight, sir. <laughs> uh, okay, um, let's see what's unique about. Okay, so they had to pull all the way to forty fifth in the four fifty class and forty eighth in the two fifty class to fill the LCQs. So you get a spot. Uh, you get a spot. Uh, you get a spot. Yeah, everybody got a spot. <laughs> they were calling rider. Most of the riders they called haven't even ridden Supercross, so they're like, what? <laughs> No, I wonder I if that, I wonder if that's the the phone I missed. I missed a phone call earlier from the East yeah. Coast. I wonder if they were needing <laughs> needing somebody else. Yeah, my love, it was between you and uh, Devin Simonson there in the four fifty class. Yeah, uh, Simonson has better hair now, so he he can have it. Yeah, uh, they did that. So a little bit different format. So four fifties, they're going to pull three from the LCQ because without Tomac Racing, they need three riders to make a full field. Um, for 250s, though, they're going to pull four riders from the LCQ because we're missing Jet because he's racing a 450, and we're missing Chance Hymas from injury from the, the seated list. So yeah. that also might be subject to change. Let's say at <laughs> round one, let's say round one, somebody that's seated gets hurt. That means at round two, we're going to have to take an extra rider from the LCQ. Um, if riders get hurt in the LCQ, you're getting a call, Jamie. I'm getting a call. <laughs> Scotty's getting a call. I'll be Everybody's in a call. I'll be in Charlotte with a KX450 in the back of my truck. If they need <laughs> me, you'll have the gear and everything. Yeah. We're putting you in, man. Dude, you'd get lapped before they even drop the gate. <laughs> I would never leave the gate. So, look, yeah. I'm going to sit at the gate until the checkers wave, and I'm going to roll the checkers and be like, "What I get? What do I get paid?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did. Uh, they did do a press conference today, though. They had everybody. It was kind of more like the broadcasting, but of course, we have James and Ricky on for that. Um, one thing I found interesting is, oh shit, I'm going to pull over my cop right now. I just got on my phone and there's a cop on a scooter following me. So I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Well, this whole show has been a shit show. See ya. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, thanks to ML. Getting a ticket. Oh my God. Taking him to jail. I could not have gotten any. <laughs> That's actually, you say it's, it's not a good show, but it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be known, man. It makes great radio. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're out of here. Okay. We'll let you know about next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. <laughs>